Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, talk Hello. Recorded live. Hey guys, this is Gus. It's uh, six minutes past nine. I'm sorry, I'm running a little bit late. I was just, uh, I got a text message from a lady in Minnesota that I needed to return a call to. Uh, mm-hmm. So I took care of that. And here we are. It's uh, September 23rd, okay. 2015. Uh, I didn't hear anything about what you guys were talking about when I first came on. I just, just got on. Uh, go ahead and finish your conversation. Pardon? Go ahead and finish the... I, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Go ahead and finish oh, your conversation. Okay. okay. Yeah, um, I have some property, and a neighbor had called the city because there was stuff in the yard that my husband used to collect a lot of... accumulate a lot of stuff. And uh, we've been cleaning it. He passed away a couple years ago, so my son and I and the kids, we've been cleaning stuff up. And... It's not satisfying the city. So he came down, and he was taking pictures a couple days ago, and I just wanted him to leave me alone. Um, I did read some information my son gave me that uh, this is where I got the phone number and about the talk show, uh, talk shoe, and yeah. Carl had, had written in here also um, about um, common law. And yeah. So this really is the sounds... first time. You... So, so how, how long ago did you, did you first hear about the about this show and about Carl? A couple of days ago. A couple of days ago. Okay. Yeah, my son gave me the paper, some of the paperwork that he he got. I don't know where. I forget where he said he got it, but um, he's been studying different things too, and he suggested that I call. And I don't know if there's any more that you could tell me. Um, well, there's a there's a lot I can tell you, but it's um, mm-hmm. until you get familiar with what we do and mm-hmm. uh, the language, because uh, mm-hmm. the words that we were taught in school don't quite mean what what we've been led to believe that they mean. And mm-hmm. um, for instance, the word argue. Okay. When you're arguing something, you're right. you're actually it's it's not a it's not a con, it's not a um, controversial thing. Uh, the the, the mm-hmm. root of the word comes from. Uh, let's say you're on one side of the glass and I'm on one, I'm on the other side of the glass. You polish your side and I'll polish mine so that we can see each other clearly. That's what the word argue means. And so I'm presenting my mm-hmm. argument and you're presenting your argument. And what we're mm-hmm. doing is we're making each other's point. I'm making my point clear to you, and you're making your point clear to me. But that's not how we were taught, what we were taught about the word argue. For instance, uh, the, the word, uh, like a, a man will begin something, but a priest doesn't begin a church service. A priest will commence a church service. Okay, so we've been taught that commence and begin are the same, but it's not. 
if I commence something, I'm claiming to be a priest. So th- your words are really, really important. And um, I mean, we can talk. I don't mind talking at all. But mm-hmm. what's critical when you're, if you're going to be doing anything like this, uh, is, is learning the definition of words. You know, for mm-hmm. uh, another another very important word is the word idiot. An idiot is not somebody who's a retard. An idiot is a is a man or a woman who has a lack of knowledge, uh, specialized knowledge, in a particular area. For instance, I'm an idiot to dentistry, brain surgery, rocket science. You know, I'm an idiot to those things. I'm a private man without specialized knowledge. And so mm-hmm. what we do is uh, when we're dealing with law, we're, we're idiots to the uh, legalese, which is, which is the language of legal documents. And yes. the customs, the customs of the law society, which is the procedures that they use to do whatever they do, and mm-hmm. there, as a man or a woman, you have there is no law that requires you to have any understanding of somebody else's language or somebody else's customs. Okay, you can't be held accountable because you don't know how to do the Spanish chicken dance. You know, it's not my custom. It's not my thing. You know, you can't hold me accountable because I never grew up, you know, learning that dance. And in the same way, they cannot hold you accountable to the customs of the legal society. And mm-hmm. uh, and legalese, which is what the, you know, the, the stuff is written in. Legalese is, is literally, if you look it up on etymology online, it's the language of legal documents. So when the legislature gets together and they write um, statutes, they're using this language. They, which is mm-hmm. you know which is what you find in the law dictionary. If you if you go to Black's Law Dictionary and open it up to the very very first page, it 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 talks about words and phrases. It, it's a dictionary of words and phrases. It's not a de- it's not a dictionary of definitions of words mm-hmm. in the English language. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know they're they're speaking they're speaking Cantonese, Japanese, Chinese. They're speaking legalese, a language that you've never been compensated to understand. You don't have to understand it. And these are the basics that you've got to start with when, you, um, when you're dealing with these people. So uh, we can talk for a couple of minutes or, or you know, depending mm-hmm. on, I mean, you'll know, you'll know when, your bra- when your brain's ready to explode <laughs> when you've heard too much. And, uh, but you're welcome to, you know, you're, I'm, I'm going to go for about two hours tonight. I'm moving to Minnesota. In a couple of weeks, I just found a place last night, and oh. uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so I'm pretty excited. I'm still in New Hampshire, mm-hmm. and uh, so I'm going to do a show next week. Probably it might not be a full two hours. Uh, yeah, I'm running on two hours of sleep last night, and I only I took an hour nap right before coming on tonight, just to make sure mm-hmm. I can, you know, uh, I'm going to drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> but uh, you're welcome to. Stick it on, and we can talk right now. And and when you've had enough, just uh, just say thank you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yes. So what's uh, how did this, how did this all start? Pardon? How did how did everything how did this all start? Well, the neighbor he put up a fence. My husband was still alive then, and he put up a fence because of this stuff. He, I mean, he, he liked cars, junk cars, and he wouldn't part with anything and just stuff like that. And, you know, since he passed away, we've been busy with the fairs for two seasons now. Well, this is the third one, actually. And then uh, 
we've got rid of a lot of stuff. And he complained. And he called. Who's who's doing the complaining? My neighbor. He got really angry and was upset with me for parking on his property when I didn't park on his property or nothing. He was just Okay. It was close. Okay. What's your neighbor's first name? My name is my name is Gail G A I L. Mm-hmm. All right. And what's your mm-hmm. neighbor's first name? Larry. Larry. Nice to meet you, Gail. So. Nice to meet. So you're, you how how big of a property do you have? Do you have forty, fifty acres, or are you talking about a city something downtown? I live in. Yeah, I live in town, and it's about a half acre. Okay. Not a big what town are you in? Galleon, Ohio. Ohio? Okay. Yeah, yeah G-A-L-I. So yeah, that's fine. I'm just trying to get a general idea mm-hmm. of uh, of what's going on. So yeah. you're in Ohio, small town, half-acre lot, and there's stuff there, and the neighbor, um, what's the neighbor's mm-hmm. name again? His name's Larry. Larry. Mm-hmm. I'll, I I'll know be fine in a couple of minutes. <laughs> I've known Larry a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, um, and and your husband passed away a couple of years ago, three years yes. ago? Yes. Okay. And what kind He's, of stuff is on the property? Uh, we used oh, for a stock truck for the trailer and to pull, but it doesn't run now. Um. We've got a white truck out back. We've got a couple uh, freezers in for our supplies, and they're not license tags. The U-Haul I was wanting to get rid of, but I just I found somebody that wants it, but he's got to try to get a way to get it out of here and get it started. But the white truck out right. back used for stock, you know, for freezers and um, and then I've got so some brush cut down a tree. Plus, there were a lot of the branches, the small branches. And that's in a big pile, and he's saying I can't have those either, and I have a fireplace. So, um, but basically that and weeds, I mean, there was a lot of growth that came about because my husband, he got so he couldn't hardly do much last few years, and um, all of our kids work, our grandkids work, so, you know, it was hard getting help. And uh, yeah. So I did have a couple of these come in and cut a bunch of stuff down, but the guy's not satisfied yet. And what what did your son tell you about your your about the trees and the brush and the and the the stuff in the yard, the truck and the freezers and what did my son tell me? Yeah, your son's the one that told you to give us a call and, and to join us tonight. Yes, he told me that this is my property. That's right. And, and that's what's, that, what you, what's that? What's that mean to you? What What does the word property mean? Well, I know what I think it means. Uh, the items that you own. Okay, and uh, a property is land, but it can be anything you own. Okay. Am uh, I right? <laughs> well, you're, you're, you're absolutely you're right, but there's a lot more to it. For instance, uh, you do your hair in a particular way. Okay, when you go out in public, you you dress up and you dress up a particular way, and the way you dress up is your choice, and that choice is property. The way you do your hair, like I comb my hair to the left one day, the right the next day, and that's a right that I have, and that right 
is to do what I wish to do with my hair is my property. And in the same way, the brush that it is in your yard is your property. The grass mm-hmm. clippings that are piled up in the corner of the yard, those are your property. And, and mm-hmm. um, you can think you can, you can think along the terms, along the lines that the government wishes for you to think, you know, the, the government employees, the statutory uh, persons, and mm-hmm. uh, but they don't have any control over a man's property. They, for instance, if you go to New Hampshire's Article 38 in, in the New Hampshire Constitution in the first part, which is the, uh, the, the Bill of Rights, the second part is the form of government. So Article 38 in the first part, at the very end, it's, it says that the laws are created for the good administration of government. It doesn't say that they're there to control people. Okay, the legislature, right. actually, I'm going to paraphrase it. It's, it's kind of long, so I'll give you the short version. And it basically says that the people have a right to require of their lawgivers and magistrates an exact and constant adherence to the fundamental principles of the Constitution in the formation and execution of the laws which are necessary for the good administration of government. So the people of New Hampshire created a contract, and they allowed the government of New Hampshire to exist. So the New Hampshire government has a constitutional right to exist. The people of New Hampshire have no constitutional rights. That doesn't exist. The people of New Hampshire just have rights, which they have reserved Mm -hmm. in the Constitution. And those rights existed. The right to comb my hair to the left existed long before I told the government that, you know, you can't tell me how to comb my hair. And, you know, so it's not a constitutional right. It's just a right. And in the Mm -hmm. same way, you have the right to do as you wish with your property. And the truck and the freezers that are there are your property. There's nobody that can tell you to move those ever. And if they do, if they believe they have authority to tell you to do something, that all you got to do is require from them a you know compensation for your labor. If you if I say uh, you know get me a drink of water, you say great. I'll, you know, I'm not a slave. Uh, that'll be ten dollars. And I'll say you're going to charge me ten dollars to get me a drink of water. And you say, well, yeah, I'm not I'm not a slave. You know, why don't you go get me a glass of water? <laughs> uh, because everybody uh, has the right to be compensated for their time for their labor. So if if anybody requires you to do anything. You have a right to be compensated, so let them know how much it's going to cost. Yeah, I'll be happy to do that for you. I'll be following, you know, for instance, if the town gets involved and they come and tell you you have to burn the brush or you have to do whatever, you, you, mm-hmm. you require compensation for the order that they place, and you require it beforehand. I, you know, if, if they want you to, uh, to get rid of something that's on the land, then uh, you would say, you know, it's going to, I believe it's going to cost me twelve hundred dollars to to do this. It's going to cause me uh, to to use up uh, thirteen hours of my time, which I had you know allocated to some other purpose, and I, I require compensation for that time for advertising the mm-hmm. truck for you know, all this stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. but it's my property, and so all the time and effort you put into it, uh, somebody needs to compensate you for that. And that's that's how property works. And property is anything that is uh, that is exclusively yours to use. It, it's it's your it's your stuff exclusively mm-hmm. to the to the uh, uh, exclusion of absolutely everybody else. So mm-hmm. nobody's going to go there and take that pile of wood, that brush. They're not going to take that pile of brush away from you. 
because it's not their property. And if they did, you could report theft. You could report robbery if you actually see them do it. So this is where we are very, very different because, uh, um, you know, we deal with law. We don't deal with legalese. And, yeah, so your, your son's right. I'm not sure how far along he is, but he's definitely right. In, in you know, in that it, it is property, and you have the right to do as you wish with it. Mm-hmm. So the the rest of this is actually uh, pretty simple stuff. It's uh, what we do is we teach. This this show is called Word Nerds, and we study words, punctuation, how to do letters, uh, mm-hmm. how to give uh, notice of your intent, uh, and the purpose of that is uh, whenever you're dealing with somebody who's giving you a hard time. You're, you're going to want to give them uh, notice of, of what you're doing. Now, you might put across the top the word notice, or you might just say, Dear Bob, I'm writing to you about the brush that you're complaining about in my yard to let you know that it is property and that I wish for my property to lay where it is. If you have a problem with that, please let me know what it is, and I'll consider your problem or your or whatever. But it's not my problem. It's your problem. Yeah, so so you might write a very very polite neighborly letter, uh, something that you would send, you know, not offensive whatsoever, just a very very nice letter, and mm-hmm. and start the conversation in writing on paper, so that later on, if you end up in court, you can show the court that you were operating in honor and that you were operating in good faith and with clean hands. There was no hidden agenda, mm-hmm. and these are the kinds of things that a court looks at. And if you consider yourself sitting on a jury and somebody else coming before you to decide uh, if somebody did right or wrong, if you were sitting on that jury and you saw uh, two people before you and one of them said, you know, th- you know, they just spoke out loud. They didn't have any paperwork. And the other person had a pe- you know, had paper that said, look, I, you know, I sent you a letter. I asked you why this was bothering you, and you never answered me. So I sent you another letter two weeks later. said, Bob, I don't know if you got the first letter, but uh, here's another copy. I hope to hear from you soon. That was letter number two. It's pretty simple. And then letter mm-hmm. number three was, you know, Bob, you, 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 keep, you, know, you keep harassing me. You're causing me stress. I'm asking you to stop doing what you're doing. You know, if you don't want to talk to me about this, mm-hmm. then go away. And and you continue with your letter writing, and, and that shows good faith, clean hands, and that you're, you're willing to avoid a public controversy. You're trying to settle a matter in private. And and uh, when you finally get to court, you've got all this information to present. So if you were sitting on the jury, you would look at that information and think, you know, I mean, this, this guy, this woman has been trying to resolve this problem yeah, right. privately, and this other guy... You know, what an asshole. I can't believe he, you know, he's dragging you know, this woman in here over such a simple matter that could have been handled out of court if only he had taken time to pull a piece of paper out and write, write something instead of ignoring her. And uh, so that's, that's very, very, very effective. As a matter of fact, I, I wrote a fair warning letter last night to somebody who's been ignoring me. Uh, it was actually a car dealer. Who's uh, who's been ignoring me for about a month? These guys did. I've got an antique Volvo, and uh, they did some work on my antique. And then when I went to pick it up, the bill was six or seven hundred dollars more than I had anticipated, more than they had told me. 
and I paid the bill uh, because I wanted the stuff to be taken care of. I, uh, this is something I, I like 850 Volvos, and this one's got. It's a 1994 mm-hmm. with 73,000 miles on it. I take really, really good care of it. I really enjoy driving it. And so I brought it to the garage, and they told me it needed all this. Well, they told me it needed a couple of things, and then they kept calling me up and saying, well, it's got this, it's got this, it's got that. So I said, well, fix it. You know, I trusted them to do their job, and um, they they did it. However, it was, um, it, you know, when I got the car back, the, the the stuff was uh, was not working right. You know, there was. I'm looking for the email. There it is. Mm-hmm. Mm, no, that's not it either. Let's see. So, uh, so I wrote. We've been going back and forth on the emails, and. Well, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. I know. That's supposed to be it. So, here somewhere. Seventeen days ago. Twenty-two days ago. One day ago. There it is. So, mm-hmm. I've been writing letters back and forth, and the service manager has walking pneumonia, and so. I understand he, he can't do his job. He can't function properly because he's got walking pneumonia. But he's been sick for two weeks, and I've been trying to resolve this problem for a month. And finally, last night, I wrote a letter, and I didn't say it was a fair warning letter, but you know, the, the that was the intent. The, the purpose of me writing such a long letter, it took me two hours. I'm going to read it because uh, I thought it came out pretty good. But I, I sent this uh, last night. Um, oh, I don't see a timestamp, but it was it was long after the Volvo dealer had closed. And when I got up this morning, Tom, who's been ignoring me basically for for well over a month, had already answered my email. I, I got up, yeah, you know, I went to bed at I think it was six this morning, and I got up at eight o'clock, mm-hmm. roughly. And uh, oh no, I went to bed at four thirty, and I got up at six thirty. So I got up, I sat at my computer. And I, I did some things. I, I cleaned the house a little bit. And, and when I finally got to my emails, it was about 8.30, and he had already answered. So I'm not sure what time he, he answered it. I didn't look at the timestamp, But he answered it first thing this morning and said, hey, why don't you come in today at 10 so we can talk, and I'll tell you more about what happened there. But this is what we do here is, is we learn how to write letters and give, you know, give notice and try to remain in honor and operate mm-hmm. with clean hands in good faith. So this this is a letter. This is my fair warning letter. I'm going to read it out because I know a lot of people are going to want to going to want to hear it. Uh, okay. It says, uh, Tom, I'm certainly concerned for you because the man's got walking pneumonia. So I'm yeah. certainly concerned for you and very sorry to hear about your health and how you're having such a bad summer. I can't imagine how rough that must be on you and your family, with a capital Y on you and yours throughout this entire letter, on you and your family, and I certainly do appreciate you keeping in touch with me. Now, the word you is an accusative plural. When you look it up, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's an accusative plural, and I've not quite figured out what that means, but it's not in the singular. So, obviously, mm-hmm. it's you, the man, and you, the person yeah. that I'm talking it's to. Singular or plural. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, in, in, in private and public capacity. And mm-hmm. uh, so thank you for keeping in touch with me. In bold letters, I wrote, but we're not family. And I'd appreciate the same level of attention the rest of your clients are currently getting from your service department. Nothing personal, Tom, but if you died or retired three weeks ago, I'd be resolving this with your general manager or Volvo International, or I might seek the assistance of the Better Business Bureau or the Attorney General's Fraud Division, uh, Fraud Investigation Team, or maybe I'd just be content to get this resolved elsewhere so I can talk about my Volvo experience on my weekly radio show called Word Nerds about uh, where we discuss lawful remedies to life's problems. And then I wrote in little brackets, Google me, because my name comes up. And, and so I, I was just having some fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Then I wrote, but no, I wish to remain in honor and to avoid further controversy. Thus, I have repeatedly come to you in good faith and with clean hands regarding this matter. The one thing that is certain, Tom, is that I would not have the last withering signs of patience I have today while feeling the warmth of your smoke being blown up my ass. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, on a lighter note, I literally wrote this, okay? Anyway, on a lighter note, I want to give you a heads up, Tom. The reasons I am so willing to get all the work done on this 73,000-mile antique is because I'm retired. I prefer not to work on cars anymore, and I plan to spend the winter helping a friend take care of a horse ranch in Minnesota. So I just wanted to make sure the car would make the trip there and then back in the spring without causing me any headaches. Now, the word me and the word my in here are always in, in, uh, with a capital M at the beginning. Oh. So they're, 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 they're used as a proper noun. I have uh, the, next par- the next paragraph, the next section starts with, I have plans to head out to Minnesota after my daughter goes back to California on September 30th, and this is really messing me up. I wish this matter be resolved immediately with or without your involvement. I'm disabled with a bad right ankle and desperately require the cruise control to work before I make the trip in two weeks. I really do believe there to be a simple solution to all this, and thus I believe there be no reason to escalate the matter, comma, especially in light, of the, in light of your service department's ability to survive your absence. I expect to hear about that solution very soon. Kind regards, uh, Ghislaine Breton, which is my name. My real name is not best. So, uh, so I sent off this letter. Now, this serves as a fair warning letter. And you know, it's a follow-up to the three or four other letters that I've written him trying to get this issue resolved. He's been blowing me off. And so... Uh, you know, he, he sends me an email yesterday that says, Gus, I appreciate your patience, and I'll get, you know, I'll get back to you as soon as I feel better and all this stuff. Well, you know what? It's a Volvo dealer. We're not family. You're not my brother. You're not my cousin. You're, you're the person, the, the uh, service manager, that's, a, that's a, a very specific title, and you have duties and obligations to your clients which exist with or without you. You know, that, that's a title, and you've assumed that title. You're writing to me under 
the guise of that title. So don't be talking to me about things that I would be concerned about if I was your family because I'm not. I'm a client, okay, and customer service is something you're supposed to do. So let's talk about customer service. So I hit him pretty hard with that whole, you know, the, the withering signs of patience and the, you know, the, your, your warm smoke being blown up my ass because that's what he was doing. He didn't call me up. He didn't write to me yesterday and say, hey, Gus, I'll be in tomorrow. Let, you know, I, I think I'll, I'll be feeling up to getting you know, together with you. Why don't you come in at 10 o'clock? He didn't say that. He said, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. I'm, no, I'm not, you know, great. You've got a dealership and you've got people coming through your service department, which employs some, you know, 30 or 40 people. It's a big dealer, dealership. So why are you providing service to all these people and not me? And, you know, I could have gotten it, I could have gotten into it from that angle, but that's the logical angle. And so when you're dealing with your next door neighbor and you're talking about the logics of, you know, He's complaining about this, and I've tried. I've had people come in and cut some stuff away, and he's complaining about that, and I'm selling the truck. Okay, that's logical. There, there's no logic to my approach. I don't care what your problem is. It's not my problem. My problem is I have a car, I need it fixed, and that's it. I paid you to fix it. You didn't fix it. That's my problem. I don't care why it happened. I don't care why it happened that way. Okay, you're a person. You're not a man. I'm not talking to you man to man. I'm talking to you as the person. You know, but... Yeah, usually a fair warning letter and all these notices, they're always done man to man. And I haven't, that was the, that's the next step. You know, for usually it's just a step that I would take first and say, Tom, I'm writing to you as the man who sits in this position at the dealership as the service manager to resolve an issue. I'd make it more technical. But I've been dealing with this guy for a while and I didn't expect to have to put out uh, a letter like this, a fair warning letter. So I didn't get technical on it. I kept it kind of on a you know on a on a man-to-man level. Just but I didn't use all that technical stuff. I tried not to. I tried to stay away from it. So we've been taught by the government that when they pass an ordinance or a statute that says your toilet can only flush 1.4 gallons, that we have to go out and get a new toilet because we've got uh, a 1973 model that flushes two gallons, and that's no good. So. You know, we get this anxiety about um, being in compliance at all times so that we don't get tased or we don't get chased around by the building inspector. Or You know, bad things are going to happen if we're not in compliance. Well, the bottom line is all those things are created and written for the government, for the, you know, necessary for the good administration of government. So it's the government that has to make sure that they are efficient, that they don't flush too much water with their toilets, not us, okay? The, the building codes are made for the government to make sure that the government property that is built with, with the tax dollars that the people put in are built to be efficient. And everything's got to do with the efficiency of government. That's the purpose of statutes and codes. The law, which, is, which comes from God, which was given to man, to operate by, okay, is, is something that uh, we have in our hearts. It's in our conscience. And so when your children are growing up, whether you're in the Philippines, in Malaysia, you know, it doesn't matter where you are. If you're, if you're in Canada, the United Kingdom, Australia, you're going to teach your children the same thing. Don't pull your sister's hair. Don't kick the dog. Make sure you feed the rabbits. Okay, you're going to teach the, you know, don't touch the cookies. Leave the cookie jar alone. You can't have anything until you're done eating. You know, and it's all the same stuff. All, 
parents just operate out of out of that sense of what's right and what's wrong, and that's it. And it doesn't matter what language you speak. We don't need that stuff written down. And that is the common law of man. And that's the only law that you're bound to because uh, this country was created uh, with paperwork. Okay, This country was created uh, from the Declaration of Independence is the first document that I can, uh, you know, uh, that I believe started the whole thing. You know, the Declaration of Independence, 1776. So in that Declaration of Independence, it says that we hold these truths to be self-evident. Self-evident means that nobody has to teach you this thing. Okay, it's self-evident that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, such as life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Certain rights, okay? You know, that wasn't a full list. They're endowed with certain unalienable rights. So they give an example of these rights. And then they continue on and say, to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men with the consent of the governed. Well, they're, okay, so what's the purpose of government? It's to secure these rights. And that's it. There is nothing else. It's to secure these rights. Governments are instituted among men. Now, if you're dealing with the building inspector, if you're dealing with Coca-Cola, if you're dealing with Walmart, if you're dealing with the fire marshal, it doesn't matter who you're dealing with on a corporate, if they're a corporation, they exist, they're chartered through a Secretary of State's office someplace, and that Secretary of State exists to secure your rights. That's the purpose of government. So if Walmart, which is registered with some Secretary of State's office someplace, is an extension of the government, which exists to secure your rights. So is the towing company that towed your car away from the curb because you didn't get it out of the way when it was stolen. They exist to secure your rights, to protect your property. Now, the, if, you, if you go into the Articles of Confederation and you move on through to, you know, the, the Articles of Confederation were created first, and then uh, in order to form a more perfect union, okay, the, the Constitution was put together and brought forward and voted on, and and, uh, you know, there's controversy about how that was accepted or not accepted and so on. But, uh, you know, they started off with the Constitution for the United States of America. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll read it. All right? It says, we the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union. A more perfect union than what? Well, a more perfect union than the Articles of Confederation, which were written to secure the rights of men. So in order to more, a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. Okay, Constitution means to constitute. If I put certain ingredients into a bowl and I mix it up, I constitute a chocolate cake. So that, that's all the Constitution is. It's, it's just a creation of, of thoughts and ideas. But for what purpose? Okay, it's to form a more perfect union to secure the rights of man. And, you know, to, and that's it. It's to, secure, you know, to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men. So whoever you're dealing with, you have to get it into your head that that's the purpose that they exist. These people do not exist to terrorize me to tell me what to do with my stuff, 
okay, they exist to secure my rights. And my rights are a subset of my property. My property, my shoes are my property. If I choose to put my left shoe on my right foot, that's my right, and and my right to do so is also property. So uh, Webster, Noah Webster, when he did his dictionary in the uh, 1820s, he gave two pretty good examples of property. He said that uh, color is a property of light. That was one example. The other one was uh, excellence is the pro is is a property of a poem of a poem. You cannot take you can, you cannot take the excellence out of the poem without without changing its its substance. Okay, if you leave it alone, it's inherent. The excellence of a poem is inherent in the poem itself, and it cannot be separated. And in the same way, the color that you see when you put a when you put light through a prism is uh -huh. also a property of that uh, of that light. Okay, that that color is a property of the light, and it cannot be separated from the light. So these are two examples that Webster gave. And in the same way, your property. Okay, the brush that's in the yard, the freezers that are, you know, in the in the truck over there uh, that the guy's complaining about, he's complaining about your property. That's that's like me coming over and saying, hey, uh, you know, we, Gail, we all have John Deere's. Everybody here has a green, you know, lawnmower. And, uh, you know, you've got a red one, and it doesn't fit well with, uh, with us. And, yeah. you know, you got to go get a green one. All right. What would your response be to that? Yeah, go to his house and say, "I don't like those colors of flowers you got in your garden." There, you need to change Dust. it. Exactly. Dust. <laughs> That's right. Mm -hmm. Dust. Yeah, can you hear speaking. me? Yes, this I can. is Mike. This is Mike. Can you hear me? I can hear yeah, you. Mike. <laughs> I'm Gail's son. Okay. And let me interject, if I may, briefly. The problem is with these people, they do anything they want to. We've done this before with various agencies or individuals, and, and this inspector seems to think that he can do anything he wants to. And he has the courts and the judges in this area that will back him up. And it doesn't matter what you say or what you put in there. They do what they want. Like, you, whatever he you, tells you to do, okay, somebody is giving you a piece of paper, and on that piece of paper are instructions uh -huh. that they wish for you to follow. They want you to do something, okay? The 14th Amendment, I'm sorry, the 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, which they have their signatory to that piece of paper, all right, uh, says that involuntary servitude is illegal. Right? It's it's been outlawed in the state in 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 the, in the state constitution and in the U.S. Constitution. Uh, you're going to see that you know no man has to work for free for another man. So when when you say Bob, uh, I'm writing to you as the man sitting as uh, sitting as the judge on this case to let you know that I I have received your order. However, the last guy who gave me an order didn't pay the bill when I completed the order, and so I would like to get paid in advance, and so I require $2,300 to follow your, you know, to complete your order, but I require it in advance because I keep getting stiffed by people like you, 
you know, and you, you want to make it as polite as possible, but that's the right. bottom line. You know, you know, I need, I at least need an 80% deposit. You know, and well, I'll, I'll give you the rest of the bill afterwards. But that's how you handle that, okay? They have the right to write, to write an order. You know, they're operating in their official capacity, and they can write orders all day long. But nobody can make a man act on that order, okay? If you look at, if you look at the Board of Education of West Virginia versus Barnett, it's a U.S. Supreme Court case. And if you go to – I've got it on my website at redressfordummies.org. Uh, but if you if you look at that case, there's a line in there that says if there is any fixed star in a constitutional constellation, it is that no official, high or petty, an official is a judge, a man acting as judge is an official, no official, high or petty, can prescribe, prescribe is when you write something, can prescribe what shall be orthodox in politics, nationalism, religion, or other matters of opinion. Well, that's, you know, I like my brush drawing that way. I like the, the refrigerator sitting on its side uh, because I use it as a, as a raised flower bed, okay? I mean, that's my opinion. I think that's cool. So nobody can prescribe uh, other matters of opinion or force citizens to confess by word or act their faith therein. So you can't write something and cause me, you can't force me to act as if I believe that your opinion is valid. And that's it. End of story. And it goes on to say, if there are any circumstances which permit an exception, they do not now occur to us. Now, this is, uh, this is 319 U.S. 624, and the quote that I just gave you is found on page, on page 642. So 319 U.S. 624 is the, is the case. Uh, West Virginia Board of Education versus Barnett. So you can write to the judge and say, uh, uh, I don't believe that I have to do anything without compensation. And, uh, you know, and then you can put, like, see Exhibit A. And Exhibit A is, you know, this is what I believe, that a man is created by God and endowed by his creator with certain unalienable rights. You know, one of which is to pursue happiness. And it does not cause me to pursue happiness to listen to what you're telling me. And I believe that you, you know, I believe that only God can put it on my heart to do what's right and wrong. And thus, I don't have to listen to what you're telling me. And uh, compare my beliefs to the U.S. Supreme Court, uh, which said, you know, and you quote this, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really, really sloppy. I, I would never put it out that way. But that's the idea that I'm trying to get, you know, that you want to get across is, you know, Bob, I'm writing to you as the man sitting on this case, you know, as a judge in, in Norfolk County. And, you know, you, you want to clean it up. You want to make it polite. I'm running on very little sleep, so this is, this is pretty sloppy. And, and I do much better when I put it down in writing. You know, when I start right. writing and I start analyzing the words, uh, I usually blast it all out, put it on paper, and then I start cleaning it up. You know, the, the email that I sent to this guy at the Volvo dealership last night, you know, that took me two hours to write. You know, this the stuff is not easy, and I've been doing this for a very long time. So, but, I mean, you, you know that you have the right to be compensated for your time. Nobody can tell you what to do without compensating you. You have not been found guilty by your fellow man. And therefore, you're, you're not being punished for a crime 
in which case they could put you in labor and cause you to do work uh, you know, without compensating you as a punishment for a crime, but you haven't been found guilty of anything by your fellow man, okay, by a jury of 12. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. Ahead, Mike. That's true, How, and, I, uh, and we agree with that completely. However, when you try to work with them, it doesn't matter what you say or do. They're gonna, they do what they want, and, and nothing, nothing you do makes them happy, okay? So in trying to get the truck fixed, it's not fast enough, so now he wants to drag her into court over everything rather than What's try to sit name? down. Bob, What's Bob his Johnson, What's his I first believe. Name? I think it's Bob. Yes, Bob okay. Johnson. Mm-hmm. His right. name's Bob. Uh, and and right. you know, rather than try to do anything and try to do like you say, which we have done that previously with other other banners and stuff, and they just ignore it, like you don't do uh, anything, and they want to drag you into court. I understand, Mike, but you know what you're telling me that you did what I'm saying to do, and I have no idea if you understand what I'm saying or if you did it the way I'm talking about. Do you have the letter in front of you that you can just read to me right now, so I can so I can hear what you what you wrote to to the man? Well, it was it was something similar to that. I don't have it with me at well, the moment. Similar doesn't it, work. Okay, similar. Uh, arsenic is very similar to something else, and arsenic will kill you. Something else right. might be perfectly okay. You know, you have to, you have to, you have to make your communication extremely clear in the respect of man. Okay, the government exists to secure the rights of man. They do not exist to secure the rights of a person. And if you allow them to assume or presume that you are a person, then uh, you have failed to communicate clearly, to, to argue, okay, to polish the glass. You have failed to communicate clearly that you are a man for which his existence, uh, you know, the purpose of his existence is to secure your rights. So you have failed. If you fail to communicate that, then uh, they're going to treat you as a person, and a person is a hundred percent subject to the statutes, the ordinances, and so on, because a person, in this case, is a man with an obligation or a duty to support the social contract, and the social contract says that we're going to have a legislature, we're going to vote for them, they're going to write laws, and we're going to obey them for the good of everyone. Okay, well, you know what? That, that's really cute that you guys are all citizens today, but, you know, today uh, I'm just a man, and this is just my property, and that's just my wood, and I'm not having this conversation. And, and I understand all that. I, but I, how did you write it? I, I'm working with it a guy was, right now in Minnesota. Who, who wrote a letter, uh, a notice, last week, and he began the notice. You know, he, he read the, the notice to me, and actually I had the same conversation with the same guy last night about something else he wrote. And he never once in there uh, said that he was a man, and he never once in there said that the other guy was a man. He never talked right. man-to-man. Right. There was no conversation man-to-man going on. So how can you hold, okay, a, a, a judge does no wrong. A police officer does no wrong. A fireman does no wrong. A doctor does no wrong. If you go to the definition of a doctor, you're not going to see that it's a guy who leaves a sponge in, in your, you know, between your lungs and your liver, okay? That, that's not the description of a doctor. A doctor does things perfectly. And it's a man 
who who you know didn't get enough sleep the night before who who leaves the sponge between your lungs and your and your liver. It's not the doctor because a doctor, the definition of a doctor, the statutory term, all right, is, is that doesn't include somebody who screws people up and, and messes them up for life. And in the same way, your building inspector, your cop, a cop doesn't walk up to. I mean, a uh, a police officer doesn't walk up to you and tase you and say, hey, that was a funny face you just made. Let me do that again. All right? A man does that. Okay? Right. Because the definition of a police officer is somebody who upholds the peace. Okay? They're, they're a peace officer. They're, they're, they're enforcing the policies of the state on persons. And if you, if you allow yourself to be uh, presumed a person, then they will absolutely uh, move forward and and enforce the state's policy on you because you are subject to that policy. You're subject to the to the codes, the ordinances, the statutes, everything created. And, you know, they might write something today. In, you know, they might pass it in the legislature, implement it on October, you know, 30th or or December 1st or whatever. And on that date, you're expected to know how the law changed if you're a person. It's very dangerous to be a person. And when you when you work with these people, you have to immediately get rid of the presumption that you're a person. You're not a person. You're a man, unless you want to be a person. Okay. When I get to the, you know, I travel. I'm, I'm Canadian. I was born in Canada. So when I travel, I've got my Canadian passport. And when I go across the border, you know, I use my Canadian passport because in the moment when I go from from one side of that little dotted line to the other, I'm a I'm a Canadian citizen. I'm, I'm crossing over, or I'm an I'm a U.S. citizen. Okay, I'm a citizen of the United States of America. Actually, it's a big difference. Uh, but you know, my paperwork says I'm a, I'm a citizen of the United States of America, I'm not a U.S. citizen. So I'm willing to be a person from that square foot on one side of the dotted line to the other square foot on the other side of the dotted line, and that's it. I give it up right there. The next, the next step I take, I'm, I'm, I'm back to being a man because there's no benefit. The benefit's gone. You know, the benefit only existed at that dotted line. When I crossed that line, there was a benefit to being a U.S. citizen, a citizen of the United States. However, once I get across that line, there's no benefit. So I'm back to being a man. All right. You know, these people talk to you. Uh, you know, you go to court, and the judge will say, "You know, is this you? you know, are you Bob Smith?" And you, you say, "Well, that depends who's asking. If you're if you're my nephew, little Johnny, then you know I'm Uncle Gus. I'm I'm not Bob Smith. Okay, because Gus is my nickname, and you know that's that's who I am to you. So when somebody asks you what's your name, well, that depends. You know, are, are you my cousin? Are you my brother? Are you my nephew? It's all in the context of a relationship. So what is the relationship between you and I? Yeah. Uh, que quiere decir bye, you know, you know what I'm saying? Hey, you guys need to mute yourself out if you're... Uh, 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 okay, that was Central Minnesota. I muted out Michigan. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I just unmuted you. Uh, Gail, are you still there? Yes, I am. Now, if you okay. would 
explain that. I mean, tell the judge or the guy from the zoning. Do they understand that? Do they know that? That you're a man, you have your rights and all that? They may or they may not, okay? What I have found is sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. And instead of getting into a heated argument with these people, you write them a letter and you Mm -hmm. say, you know, you, you might... You know, you, you write the first letter. You write the second letter. You don't have to tell them. You don't have to explain yourself. They're supposed to know their job. They're supposed to know the difference between a man and a person. And most of them do not. So you write one or two letters, three letters. And then uh, if you're not getting the result that you're looking for, you write to their superior. You know, hello, Frank. I've been communicating with Bob. Bob does not seem to understand uh, his position in this relationship. And so I am writing to you as the man who is the director of, of products and services or whatever you know, he's the director of to let you know that um, you know, I require you to, to, to train, discipline, and monitor your employees a little better because they're, they're not doing their job and they're causing harm to man. I look forward to hearing from you soon. And, and that's it. End of story. That's the end of the letter. You, know, hmm. you would actually have a, another step that you would take before that, which might be along the lines of, hi, Frank, I'm having a problem with Bob regarding this issue. Are you the man I should be talking to? Are you his superior? And Frank would, you know, would write back to you and say, yes, I'm the director of blah, blah, blah. So he did not, uh, he did not rebut the presumption that you put out there saying that he's a man. Because he answered you and said, yes, I'm the director of public services or whatever, and uh, I can help you. So he just admitted he's a man because you said, I'm writing, I want to know if you're the man that has authority to help me out. And and he Mm -hmm. said, yes, I'm I'm the director. So so basically he's saying, yes, I'm the man acting as director. And through a series of very, very small letters, okay, literally one question, one statement, you know, that's it, just, get it out there, one little letter at a time, you create a path, I mean a, uh, a paper trail of, of proof that you can later use to show that you were operating in good faith with clean hands because you wish to remain in honor. And, and, and it's just a matter of time before you work your way up the ladder that you're going to get to somebody's legal department who's going to look at 10 or 15 different letters and say, oh, crap. We've got to fix this. <laughs> there's a man, there's a woman who's writing to us. Uh, hey, tell Bob to do this. And Bob's going to say, I'm not doing that. I'm the building inspector. I have authority. And somebody higher up is going to say, no, Bob, uh, this is what you're going to do. And I'm not going to tell you why. Just do it. And so Bob all of a sudden is going to have a change of heart. And, you know, and I think that's what happened this morning. Tom, who's been, who's been blowing me up for 30 days, Plus, it was sometime in mid-August. He's been blowing me off for, you know, a month. All of a sudden this morning, writes to me and says, Gus, why don't you come in at 10 o'clock? I think we should talk. Yeah, I thought so, Bob. I mean, Tom. (laughs) You know, he had a change of heart. Because I didn't write just to Tom last night. I wrote to Tom and the other two service uh, guys at the counter, Amy and Fred. And so mm-hmm. I, I wrote to these other guys to make sure that Tom wasn't the only one getting the email. And so, you know, and I talked about going to Volvo International and the Attorney General's Fraud Division. 
Fraud Investigation Division. You know, I, I, I put some stuff out there, and, and then I let them know. Look, on a lighter note, you know, so when I walked into the dealer today at 10 a.m., uh, I walked up to the door, and Tom, who has never met me, pointed his finger at me with a grin on his face and shook his head, yes, you know, up and down, because I was, I was outside the little area where he works, and I put a big grin on my face, and I, and I returned the yes, I nodded yes, and he came out, he says, you're Gus, and I said, yes, I am. He says, hi, I'm Tom, it's a pleasure to meet you. I said, I'm glad you understood that I wasn't busting your balls with that email, that I was just trying to make a point because I'm in, you know, I'm, I'm in a hurry. I need to get stuff done. I'm moving to Minnesota. He says, I caught that tone in your letter. I saw how you switched gears, and, uh, and I appreciate your patience and, and you coming in here. And we had a really good conversation. Tom is an awesome guy. But, uh, but the, you know, he, somebody must have said, Tom, this is how this is going to go down. This is how you're going to handle this because this guy's talking some language. You know, somebody recognized the words that I was using and, and realized, you know, we're going to court. This is a letter, you know, that shows up on our doorstep when we're going to court. Now, I didn't say I was going to sue him. I didn't say I was going to seek compensation. But I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of establishing the foundation for a lawsuit if I have to. And I think somebody in the office recognized that, and they had a knee-jerk reaction. Tom, call this guy up, get him in here, and you need to set this shit straight right now. You know, and, and that's exactly what happened. They got my car now, and uh, he told me, he says, uh, I'm going to make everything right, and I'm going to figure out how much money we owe you. So they're not just going to fix it. They're going to give me some money back. So, you know, wow. so I really believe it works. You know, mm-hmm. Actually, there's a. Let's see, I'm going to read another letter to you. Um, oh, my fingers are cramped up. Okay, let me try again. So here's a story. I'm, I'm going to read this story. Uh, the guy's Skype name, let's see, view profile is J A A N E underscore Y A underscore A L I. So I'm not sure how to say his name. Ahmed uh, Zelfikar would be my guess. That's his screen name. So he he wanted to share a success story. So I'm going to read that success story. He's I think he's in England. Uh, he goes. He says uh, I had a parking ticket from a from a council for something I can't remember. Anyway, I just let it go, and it went to bulk center and then to debt collectors slash bailiffs. I wrote, I wrote uh, one standard get out of debt free, he's got that all in one word, get out of debt free letter to the debt collectors, and then they just ignored it and sent me the standard responses. So last Saturday, I made up my own notice uh, using Carl Lentz methods and posted it. Left for Ireland on Saturday, on Sunday morning. On Tuesday morning, I got a phone call from home telling me that a bailiff had been harassing them that whole day and did it three times. First around 6 a.m., then uh, 9, 9.30, between 9.30 and 10, and also clamped the car at the time. I think they put a boot on the car for not paying a, ch- a traffic ticket or a series of tickets. 
uh, which he says, uh, which is weird because if he has already clamped the car outside, why is he still harassing the family? So he put a boot on it, and I guess he came back later and was harassing again. Anyway, yeah, he okay. Anyway, he came back once more before the day was over, but nobody bothered to deal with him, so he just went to the neighbors and said something to them and left. The very next day, he came about uh, around around about midday without calling at the door or speaking to anyone. I guess that means knocking at the door. He just removed the clamp and left, so the, the, the boot that he had put on the car the day before. Although before he did, he cheekily placed a notice on my sister's car, which was completely blank, just to scare, uh, just because he wanted to scare her. I don't, I don't know what, how, he, how he knew that, but uh, then he goes on, uh, the idiot, so, uh, oh, he just called him an idiot, the idiot. So my sister called me up again and explained what happened. I was confused, but I decided to check if the bailiff company had received my notice, and as it, as it would be the case, they received the notice a couple of hours before the clamp was removed. So it is my understanding that the clamp was probably removed because of the notice. And some of the things I had asked for in the notice went something like this. Number one, I require the name of the man or woman who claims I have done wrong so that I may settle the matter with them as soon as possible. Number two, uh, and I don't know if he numbered these or if he, you know, these are just things that were in the letter. Uh, I wish to settle the matter directly with the man claiming, the man or woman, he uses the, the W-O in brackets with the man afterwards. It's one of the ways that we write sometimes. Uh, so that we call that the wool man. So I require the wool man claiming to settle the matter directly with the woman that, that's uh, claiming I do that I done wrong. Number three, wish to discuss the matter directly with the wall man who claims I owe a debt. Number four, wish to directly pay the woman who claims that I owe a debt upon verifiable proof of claim. And number five, require a true hand-signed itemized bill or statement of the amounts I supposedly owe. And then number six, uh, require of you to provide a true verified copy of the letter of delegation of authority or a true verified copy of the deed of assignment for your claim uh, appointment in this case matter, case slash matter, in addition to the above. I also put in my terms of contracting with them. So uh, he, went, he goes on, finally, if you fail to provide the information uh, I require, I think this is the terms of his contracting that he's trying to say here. If you fail to provide the information I require and still wish to intercourse with me, then you agree to pay my hourly charges at 500 pounds per, 500 pounds sterling per hour. And uh, with a minimum charge on each occasion that you require of me to intercourse with you, Nunc pro tonk. So, you know, he, I'm not sure what he wrote, but he's he's using some legalese words. So he's got, you know, he's got a ways to go. He's, you know, and this is very, very lengthy. 
there's no way that I would write something this long. But he's explaining to me what he did. And so I'm just going to keep reading. Furthermore, I have attached my terms and conditions of intercourse, and this will become binding upon your intent to intercourse with me through your actions. Of course, it all has been, it all has to be in your, oh, so, okay, so that's the end, that's the, uh, that was the end of his terms of contract. So now he's explaining what he did. He says, of course, it all has to be in your own unique way and words, your own unique way and your own unique words for two primary reasons, so that it's special only to you. And most importantly, uh, you wrote it, so you would most probably know exactly what you require. Templates do not achieve either of these two. If someone else can shed some light on this as to why they think the clamp was removed, I'm all ears. Of course, uh, this took place in England, so if you uh, knew about the bailiffs in England, these parasites don't forgive, and they are absolutely unrelenting. I was hoping to ask you if Carl still does a Saturday show. Okay, so he goes on and talks about some other stuff. So his experience was he wrote a letter and explained some things to somebody, and somebody recognized that this could possibly turn into a really big headache because either this guy knows what he's doing or he probably knows somebody who knows what he's doing. And so he's just winging it. But you know, if he needs help, there's probably somebody that can help him out. And that might turn into a headache for us. Take the boot off the guy's car, let him go. Just let him, just let him be. You know, he, he's, he's talking like a man. He's not using the words quite right. You know, he, he might be fumbling. I don't know. His letter might actually be a lot better than what I read. I didn't see the actual letter. But, you know, here's an example of a guy who took what Carl has been teaching us for two years and applied it and, and, and got a boot removed. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't know how many people realize this, but um, the statute of limitations on most things is three years, five years, seven years, ten years. You know, there's a time limit as to when they can prosecute you. There is no statute of limitations on murder, for instance, because that's a common law crime. There's also no statute of limitations on parking tickets. Now, the municipality has no, no statute of limitations on parking tickets, and I think that's between them and the person that they have contracted with through the registration of the car, through the driver's license, you know, my driver's license, when it was time, when I, when I got that piece of plastic where the signature line is, I wrote the entire words non-assumption. And today I registered two cars, and on the signature line I wrote non-assumption. I didn't write my name. I didn't put anything else. It says non-assumption. And non-assumption means I do not wish to partake. Okay, I'm, I'm not looking to contract with you. Okay, I'm doing this because I don't, you know, if anybody asks me, you know, you know, why did you put that down? I said, well, they wouldn't give me the registration until I signed it, until I put some ink on the paper. So I wanted to make sure that I made an, a, a not uh, a non-ambiguous statement to let you know that you know there is no contract. I do not wish to partake. I have this piece of paper, so I don't get arrested when I get pulled over. That's the only reason I have that piece of plastic in my pocket, and the only reason I have that piece of paper. It's the only reason I carry insurance. 
Because right? I'll, I'll pay my bills. If I cause harm to another man, give me the bill and I'll settle the debt. You know, but in some states, they'll arrest you for not having a, a, a proof of insurance. I'm not putting up with that, so I'm, I'm doing it because, you know, of the threat. And I'm going to try to, you know, iron that stuff out with all these people that I deal with. Everybody that you intercourse, that's what intercourse is, is to have, is to do business with another man, to, you know, with a, with a corporation. You know, contracting is intercourse. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I've been talking way too much. Go ahead and ask me some questions. Let's let's change directions. <laughs> okay. Um, well, um, so basically, I should just write him. I can't hear you, Gail. You were breaking up. Try that again. Okay, so basically I should try to I write a letter to Bob first about yeah. that I'm a woman, that I have right to my property. Well, you don't have to explain that you have rights. Yeah. So, Bob, well, I'm a woman, and I believe that you exist to secure, you know, that you, that, that you work for a, a, uh, a corporation or a division of government, whatever you want to call it, okay? I believe mm-hmm. that you, Bob, are a man who holds this position in, uh, you know, in the government to secure my rights, and I don't understand how this statute, code, ordinance, whatever it is, that you're trying to apply to me uh, is applicable to a man. Could you please shed some light on this for me? You know, and that's it. That, that's the whole thing. You know, it's just a real, and you want to keep it as simple as possible, the, the lush amount of words possible. You don't want to use ING. You know, like uh, if I'm raising a barn, uh, I'm going to say I did raise a barn. Or, you know, it's okay to talk about the past tense if you mean the past tense. Uh, but if I say I'm raising a barn, that's future, you know, that's future tense. I, I'm not actually doing it right now. I-N-G means the future. And E-D oh. at the end uh, means past tense. So something you did uh, with an E-D at the end, if I parked the car, that is a, you know, park is, uh, park is you know, I, I did park the car, is, is intentionally talking about the past tense. If you say I parked the car, then it's a – that's probably a bad example. There's a lot of words you've got to yeah. watch out for, though. When you're writing, and yeah. you, you have to write in the present tense at all times. If you mean – like, for instance, Bob, uh, what you did, uh, you know, uh, on this day, did and continues to cause me harm. You, you want to make sure you cover the past, the present, and possibly the future, and continues to cause me harm, uh, you know, past and, and ongoing. So you have to be clear in, in, in what you write. So learning the words is, is, is very important. And, yes, you, the very first thing you're going to want to do is communicate with Bob about what he's, you know, that you're a woman and that he's causing you, uh, well, causing you stress. You'd want to get into that later. So you'd want to ask a simple question. I don't understand. I'm a woman, and I'm writing to you as the man who occupies the office of building inspector or whatever his position is to find out, you know, the purpose of the letter, to find out or to, you know, to learn uh, why you believe this applies to I, a woman. You don't say to me, huh? 
Uh, you, you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, it, 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 it takes time to develop the... I've been writing this kind of stuff for a long mm-hmm. time, so there's actually a... You know, each word that I use is like the man in the letter said, okay? He says, of course, you know, he says, of course, it all has to be in your own unique way and unique words mm-hmm. for two primary reasons. Right? And, you know, it's special to you. I know how I talk, and I know where I'm at, and I know what certain words mean. Mm-hmm. Now, okay. I won't use words that I don't understand uh, in, in letter writing because I need to be able to back it up later if I get before a jury. My intent in writing a letter is to have something I can give to the jury later which proves that I wish to remain in honor and that I tried very hard with clean hands and, and pursued this matter in good faith to, you know, to, to keep it from becoming a public controversy. Okay. Um, I can't really think of any. Oh, I know what it is. Even though um, we have our house in a um, the property here in an irrevocable trust, so when I say this is my property, then would that mean the same thing even though it's in a trust name? Uh, the uh, it, It's up to Bob to prove that it's not your property. Oh. Okay, if well, I say if I say that's not a fire hydrant on my lawn, that's that's a blue banana. That's what I say, and who's going to testify otherwise? Because I I can believe what I wish to believe, and if you believe differently, mm-hmm. then you can say so. But you're not going to come to my house and tell me what I have to believe. Okay. So, you know, it's your property. And uh, the word property means something that is exclusive to you. Oh, so okay. the, when you put the word my in front of property, you're, you're saying you're, you're basically being redundant. You're actually repeating yourself. But it takes time. It takes time to learn. You know, the audios that Carl did, if you go to uh, broadmind.org, that's Carl's website, and he's got a, a, a documents tab that you can click on, and uh, it'll drop down the notices. You know, at the bottom of that uh, web page, you, you'll see all the notices that Carl put into the court. So you'll get an idea of how he writes and, and the ways and, you know, the, 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 you know, how short things are, the brevity of, of how he writes and the words that he uses, how he stylizes his words, which words are, are capitalized, which ones, uh, you know, every, every little thing is critical, you know. But it's, it's, you know, you're not dealing with a murder case. You're dealing with somebody who wants you to burn some wood to pile, of, you know, wood in, you know, in your backyard. So, I mean, this is not, you know, you don't have to be as technical as you would have to be if you were dealing with something of a much more serious nature. Hey, somebody's watching a baseball game. Can you can you mute out? I, I don't want to have to mute the whole board out. Yeah. All right. Hey, Al, that was you. <laughs> 
glad to see you on the board, man. Uh, but you got to turn the TV off. Uh, go ahead, Gail. Okay. Um, I don't know if Mike is still on or not. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, are you? Okay. Did you have anything to add? Because I, I can't really think of anything. I. No, we'll 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 let somebody else get on there and do ask some stuff. We'll go yeah. through it tomorrow. And uh, I think the best thing at this po- point in time is send him an email. Send him an uh, email. Yeah, no, do not, You don't. You don't. No, hold on, Mike. Mike, when you're okay. writing, when you're writing a letter, okay, uh-huh. you're going to write it with the hand of man. You're going to take a piece of paper, and you're going to put it in your own handwriting. Okay, you okay. can follow it up with a with an email. Okay, you can okay. say, Bob, I, I I sent you a letter today. And here's a here's an email in case the letter doesn't get through. Okay? okay. But you always write with the hand of man because you have to prove on the record that you wrote the letter. And when you okay. get before a jury, Bob might say, I never got the letter. And you can say, oh, that's fine. I got a copy right here. <laughs> you know, so you're going to put your letter on the record. However, uh, you could then you could say, but you did get the email, Bob. I've got proof right here. You got the email. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. But that's, the letter that's, that's going to go into the court is going to be done by the hand of man. There's going to be proof on the record that there's a man in court. Well, the idea is to try to stop it before it goes that far by contacting yeah. him directly. Well, it that. is okay. Yes, that is the idea. However. Um, the way you're going to stop him is by 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 laying the record down. You're going to create a record that that whoever he is, he is dealing in his official capacity with a man. He's not dealing with a person. Okay. Right. One of the best ways to show that is is to write a handwritten letter to Bob. I mean, who's going to deny that? You know. They, you can you can call me a person all you want. You can say that I'm subject to the statutes, codes, and ordinances of the land, you know, which are cre- you know, which are all written for the good administration of government. You can, you know, we all know that, you know, Bob. But um, you know, but there's no proof. You know, I, you know Bob's just going to say, well, I didn't know I was dealing with a man. I thought I was dealing with a person who was subject to the codes. But when you have a handwritten letter, he, he can't say, well, I didn't know I was dealing with a man. What do you mean you didn't know? Who, who, what kind of computer do you think puts out this kind of a letter? Right, right, okay. That makes sense. Now, what that name of that dictionary that you call etymology? Uh, etymology is a website. Etymology online. It's etym online. E T O M E T Y M O N. And it's etym- if you look up etymology online, if you do a Google search, it'll come up. Is that where you learn where all these terms are, just what the words actually mean? Yeah, if you look at, uh, it's one of the best places to go to get the uh, the root definition. You know, the, right. the you know some okay. some words come from Latin, some come have a have a German uh, or whatever. Yeah, you know, they they come from different uh, areas. The root of those words. Might be uh, based in Latin, or um, mm-hmm. I'm getting a, getting a brain fart, but it, it gives you the history of the word and where it comes from. 
and, and what it has meant for five or six hundred years, not what the attorneys have decided last year that it meant when they put out their new dictionary of terms and phrases. Okay. Now, we deal with words in the English language. The law society deals with terms and phrases uh, you know, in legalese. It, it, you know, we're, we're two separate languages, and you have there. There is nothing. There is no law that requires you to understand legalese or the customs of the legal society. Legalese mm -hmm. being the language, and the customs is the way the the legal society does things. Okay, and and that's through the you know the legislature creates le you know legalese documents for mm -hmm. the good administration of government. And there's no law that requires me, as a man, to understand what those documents say. Because they're in a foreign language written you know, by, by attorneys who have their own private language. A dentist might talk about some things, and he's using his own private language. Something that all dentists understand, but you're not expected to understand it. Because you can't be, and you can't be held accountable to the, to the language that a dentist or a brain surgeon or a rocket scientist uses. Okay, they can't hold you to their standards because you're a private man. And that's what an idiot is. An idiot is a, is a private man, a private person who has no obligation, no duty to a, to a particular society. Mm -hmm. So ignorance of the law is no excuse. Yeah, it is. <laughs> No, it's not. Ignorance of the law is no excuse, ever. It's, yeah, right. No, so you it's, don't not. Have to it's learn. not an excuse. So you don't it, have to the learn. The difference, mm -hmm. it's not the law. You're, okay, if it was the law, it would be called the law. The reason it's called a code or a statute or an ordinance is because it's not the law. The law comes from God. Only God mm -hmm. knows what's true. Everybody else just has an opinion. So the opinion of the legislature today is that you should not flush your toilet if it uses more than 1.2 gallons of water. And the reason mm -hmm. they wrote that is, to, is for the good administration of government. Right? You're a man, and you follow the law, which comes from God. If you look at Jeremiah 31, from about 31 to 34, 35, it talks about, uh, I will take your, your heart of stone away and put in you a heart of flesh. No longer will you have to go to your neighbor and say, this is the law, for I will write the law on your heart, and you will know what's right, and you will know what's wrong. And that's why we say um, that, that you know, ignorance of the law is no excuse. Okay? You can't okay. say, I'm ignorant of the law. It's on your heart. You know what you've done right. You know what you've done wrong. If you go to my website, redressfordummies.org, if you go to the study page, there's a book there called English Common Law in the Early American Colonies. It's a red book on, that, on the study page of uh, the study guide page of redressfordummies.org. And if you click on the red book itself on, on that web page, it will open up a Google document, uh, which, you know, which is that book. I've got the hard copy. And if you read that book, it talks about ignorance of the law. It talks about where the law comes from and how the statutes were, were originally created. The legislature was originally given authority to create law according to the mind of God revealed in his words. 
revealed in the word of God, okay, revealed in his word. So the, uh, the original charter, for instance, of Connecticut uh, authorized the general court of Connecticut to create law according to the mind of God. So, of course, ignorance of the law is no excuse because it was supposed to be already on your heart if you're, if you're a man of God. You're supposed to have a conscience. So, uh, but, you know, for, for you other people who don't have faith, we're going we're gonna to write the law so, so that you can't claim that you're ignorant. But it's the law that you're supposed to live by that's supposed to be on your heart that says don't pull your sister's hair, don't kick the dog, you know, be nice to animals, you know, have respect for life. You know, these are the kinds of things you were supposed to be taught. If somebody taught you bad things and, and you don't like animals and you torture cats, okay, if you're one of those people, then somebody uh, did a great disservice to you and caused you some, some problems. Uh, but, you know, everybody else around you doesn't act that way, so you still have no excuse to be ignorant because you see everybody else acting differently. So that's mm -hmm. where ignorance of the law comes from. It's not ignorance of statutes or ignorance of codes is no excuse. Mm -hmm. Because they change that stuff 80,000 times a day. And how are you supposed to keep up with that? Right. You know, if you, if, you're, if you go to your sister's house, your brother's house, okay, you travel through two towns to get to your brother's house, the ordinances in one town and the next town and the next town are all different. You're supposed to know those every time, every time you go into a new town, a new jurisdiction. You're supposed to know all those codes, all those statutes, all those ordinances. You know, in, in one town, it's okay to have, uh, uh, you know, to, to, to drink a Budweiser on the sidewalk while you're talking to your friend. And you're in the other town, that there's, a, there's an open container law, and they'll arrest you for that. And you're supposed to know that? You're supposed to know which town it's okay, which one it's not. One day it's okay to smoke pot. The other day, you know, the next time they, they arrest you for it, you know, the... You know, it's okay. It's okay today to do something uh, because it's a loophole in the IRS code. The next day, it's illegal, and they throw you in prison for for 15 years. Okay, so you know, ignorance of the statutes is definitely an excuse because I don't understand the customs of the legal society. I don't speak legalese, and so of course I have an excuse. I am not. I am totally ignorant. I'm an idiot. You know, I, I have I have the disability of of uh, idiocy. Yeah, I can't function in your society. I, there's no way I'm going to be able to keep up with all these changing things that you guys do for the good administration of government. I'm really happy that you do it, and I'm glad you keep the lights on, and I'm glad you make sure that government's as efficient as possible. But don't bother me with that stuff. Oh, that makes sense. Lot to learn yet, huh? <laughs> I know you said it's simple, but it's a little confusing well, at first. But yeah, I it's, I can do it. As you listen, as you listen more and more, it becomes more and more. It, it's common sense. That's all it is. It's mm -hmm. common sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've had a man more than once, and, and the example I use always sets him back. Yeah, I, I've had a lot of guys say to me, you know. I don't know how to be a man. I, I, I don't know what that means. You know, if, if they do this, you know, how am I supposed to react? If I'm a man, how do I react to that? You know, can, you know where do I find out how to be, you know, that man? And mm -hmm. I said, it, it comes naturally. It's on the inside. It's a lifestyle. And you have to learn it. And you have to live it. And 
you know, I, you know, a year ago, I mean, if you go back and listen to some of the old recordings, um, a year ago, uh, I was not this guy. Okay. I was a different man. I, it took me a long time to learn the things that I was never taught when I was in school, that I was never taught by my dad, that I was never taught by my grandfather. Okay. There's things that I was not taught and, um, and, and everybody's like that. And, you know, guys will come up to me and say, Hey, I don't know what this means to be a man. And I say, well, if you're you know, walking through the mall and some guy walks up and grabs your wife's ass, what are you going to do? Are you going to be a man? And they, you know, they immediately know what it means to be a man in that predicament, in that situation. Okay? But for some reason, when somebody comes over and says, you've got to get those, you know, those, two old, you know, those two old cars out of your yard, uh, for some reason they've been conditioned by Perry Mason and all the TV and the movies that they've watched that they're supposed to have some kind of uh, politically correct reaction. Okay, the, the proper reaction is, who are you to me? What's your relationship to me? Are you my uncle? Are you my, my daddy? Who are you to tell me what to do? Okay, I, I don't owe you nothing. You, know, you want me to do something? Here's the bill. You, you know, you pay in advance. You, you, want, you want 15 pizzas? Uh, that, that's kind of a big order. Uh, yeah, I, I don't mind making one or two at a time for you as long as you pay me for each pizza, but I ain't making no 15, 20 pizzas for you. Uh, you know, you need to come down here and drop off some cash or give me a credit card or something. And <laughs> and it's the same thing. You're, you're asking me to do all this stuff in my yard? What, are you kidding me? I'm not doing that for free. And, you know, most people don't pay their bills when they order big stuff. You know, and I, I don't know. I, I don't deal with credit. Uh, I need cash. So I need this paid in full before I start. You know, you get you you start talking like that, you're you're being a man. You know, that's it. And and it's just a matter of time. It's it's a matter of time of listening to the audios, going back and listening to Carl's stuff because that's where you get the attitude. You know, Carl will talk about stories like people will have a foreclosure, and they're looking for the technical details of how to handle a foreclosure. Forget about it. You don't need those details. Those details are in there. They're, they're peppered through. But you, you need to listen when Carl's talking about um, how to help, you know, how, how to take care of a, of a family issue, okay, child custody, for instance, or uh, child support. You know, you, you, you take care of your kids. You've you got to man up. You know, but there's a way of, of handling it. Uh, you know, how do you handle IRS problems? How do you handle a foreclosure? How do you handle a credit card, a, a debt collector, a third-party debt collector? How do you handle these people? And there's a way to do it, and there's technical details, but that's not the important thing. The important thing is the attitude that you have when you're a man. I'm a man, and I don't know who you are or why you're talking to me. Okay, so I, I need to know what our relationship is, Bob. <laughs> You know, why do you believe that you can tell me what to do? You know, who who died and left you boss? You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You, you've heard like a, like a six or seven-year-old say to a 12-year-old, you're not boss over me. <laughs> <laughs> My sister used no, to they tell get me. It. They, know, they know what it is to be a man. <laughs> yeah. My sister would say, you're not the boss of me. She's younger than yeah. me. <laughs> Yeah. So. Yeah. A, a, a five-year-old kid knows that the, that that his mom and dad has authority 
to, do, to, to, to tell him what to do. And if mm-hmm. another adult comes over, you know, if they, you know, if they're sassy enough, they'll, they'll spit it right out. You're not the boss of me. Mm-hmm. So where in life did, did we lose that? Where, where did we lose that, mm-hmm. that ability to tell the difference between who has authority over us and who does not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we're adults, we don't want people telling us what to do. We're adults, for Pete's sake. Well, no, what it is is uh, we don't want to create controversy. We don't want to make waves. Mm-hmm. We've been taught to be politically correct and, and all mm-hmm. this stuff, you know, about doing, you know, it, it's all in the movies. Now, I gave up TV in 1987, so it was a lot easier for me a couple of years ago to catch on to this because I've been studying, uh, you know, like non-GMO stuff. I've been studying vaccinations. I've been studying geothermal heat, uh, alternative health remedies. You know, yeah, I, I just study and study and study. I love to learn things. So I've never really spent a lot of time before the boob tube getting my brain scrubbed down with the politically correct way to do things. And so Mm -hmm. it was much, much easier for me than I think it's, you know, it is for most people, uh, you know, because of that. Okay. Okay. Well, um, I guess I've taken up quite a bit of your time, so. I'm here I volunteer my time every Wednesday night for, you know, I try to be on here for two hours. Hey, oh, Jeff, okay. this is um, Chuck from Ohio. How are you doing, Chuck? Hey, um, um, a couple things. Uh, what I always believe when you talk about statutes and codes, they're actually uh, 180 out of common law. So they're like colorable or colorable expressions of law. So that's kind of, uh, that may help somebody understand what, Codes and statutes are, you know. So I didn't really want to get into that, but and the yeah, uh, well, like talked about the trust is the irrevocable trust is the owner is the trust. It's not you don't own the trust. You don't own it. It's a trust. Trust is the owner of the, of the property. But yeah, I you really don't want to get into about, those discussions with uh, with Bob. Okay, it's yeah. up to Bob to tell you what his opinion is and what his beliefs are and under what guise he is operating under, okay? I'm a man, and I'm claiming that that's my property. So until somebody shows up and makes a claim contrary to mine, that is my property. End of story. Is that your property, Bob? No. Okay, go away. That's it. End of story. We're not going to talk about the trust. We're not going to talk about anything. Nothing. There's no discussion to be had. I'm telling you that is not a a freezer sitting on the back of that pickup truck I'm telling you, that's a blue banana, okay? That's a purple orange. It's whatever, it's whatever I say it is. And if you are willing to take the stand and claim that that is a freezer because you know what it is because it's your property, then God willing, take the stand and, and speak your mind. But when I come up and I say, Bob, do you own that? And you say no. And I say, well, whose who's property is that? And you say, well, it's your property. That's right. If it's my property, I'm going to define it, and I'm telling you it's a blue banana. Okay. And you have I no jurisdiction over a blue banana. End of story. Go away. Mike, Mike real question tonight was when you went down to get the driver's license and you put non-assumption on the license, what kind of uh, slack were you getting from um, – 
you know, the uh, DMV, uh, signing your name Zero. that way. I tried that one time signing my name. I think it was uh, waiving all, uh, reserving all rights, waiving none, and they, like, had a hissy fit on it, and then they made me redo the, te- or, uh, redo the picture again, and I was able to do, uh, you know, reserving rights, but, I mean, I wasn't able to write it all out. So I was kind of wondering how you handled I, it when they said that. You they they don't. They don't give me a hard time anymore. They, they don't give me a hard time anymore. I go to court. Yeah, I used to go to court, and I'd walk in, and I'd put some paperwork in, and they'd say, what's this? And I would explain myself, okay, because I thought I had to justify every little thing I was doing. And I got to the point, I don't know when, but I got to the point where they said, what's this? And I said, that's something to put into the case file. Well, what is it? Don't worry about what it is. It's what I wrote, and it needs to go in the case file. Well, I don't know if I can put that in. I said, you know, of course you can put that in. You know, take that little stamp there, stamp it, put it into the case, and, and then make me a photocopy of it, and I'm going to go home. You see how simple that is? And uh, I walked into court last Thursday with a letter for the court clerk, Mary, who's the woman acting as court clerk, and that's exactly what the letter, you know, the letter said. Actually, I'll read that letter. This is a notice that I put in on uh, September 17th. It says, Dear Mary, greetings. Whereas I believe no man or woman lays claim against I, I write to you as the woman currently acting as clerk of court to inquire of you once again of the plaintiff's proper name and address. And whereas I believe no controversy presently exists before court, and whereas I believe no reason exists for I, to be before said court without compensation on September 18th, 2015. Actually, it's 18 September 2018. And whereas I wish to avoid an ambush, I require you forward me said plaintiff's information at least 90 days prior to any hearing that I may properly prepare to be present and fully heard before said court regarding the above-referenced matter. I hope you enjoyed your Labor Day weekend. Thank you for your immediate attention to this notice. Please forward a copy of said notice to the plaintiff on my behalf. Why? Because I don't know who the heck that is. Mm -hmm. Right? And that's it. And when I got to the window, she didn't say, what's this? Okay? She said, hold on, let me get you a copy. Because she knows what I want. She knows I want want her to timestamp it, make me a copy, put it in my hands, and I'm going to walk away. Because if that's not what happens, we're going to have a discussion which might last five or six hours. I'm not leaving without a piece of paper with a timestamp on it. End of story. Get it through your head. It's never happened before. Don't try to make it happen today. It's not happening. Okay. okay I have a right to access the public record to put paperwork in that I read, that I wrote, that I created because I'm a man, and that's the end of sto- you know the end of that story right there. I'm a man, and I require the name of the man who's coming after me. I require to know his proper name and his proper address. And if I don't have that, then there is no controversy. There is no case. If there's no controversy, there can't be a case. If there's no case, the court has no jurisdiction because there is no court. A court is something that exists when one man goes after another man. If there's, if there's no controversy, there's no case, there's no court, it's just a bunch of people standing around saying, what are we all doing here? Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I'm the only okay. man, okay? Mary is getting paid because she's, some, you know, she's a court administrator of some sort. Her title is court clerk. You know, William 
the man who's acting as judge sitting on the seat, uh, you know, at that time, is also uh, a, a person with a title and an obligation and a duty to the public trust to to do certain things. All right, and so everybody there is getting paid. I'm the only man. I'm the only one in that room at that time for whom the government exists. Everybody there exists to secure my rights and to protect my property, period. So don't tell me what to do. Sounds good. I'm not there to discuss your laws, your rules, your policies, your what, nothing. I'm not there to have that discussion. I am here because, uh, because you exist to secure my rights, and I believe that this is how you're going to do it. Do you disagree? And if you do, then I require it in writing. Put it in writing why you can't take my piece of paper right now and just put it in there with a timestamp on it. Well, I can't do this because of that. So you're, 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 you're making a legal determination? Are you a lawyer? Are you a judge? Put the paper into the case file. What's the problem? Yeah, they might say like 12 fonts or something like that or something. Um, I, do, line. I, do, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't use fonts. I use my hand. Yeah, I get. I know that. That's what she's probably basing her opinion on. Is what that okay, I don't care what her opinion is. Mm-hmm. Her opinion is for her. My opinion is for me. The U.S. Supreme Court supports my opinion. They said that you cannot prescribe, no, no officer high or petty can prescribe what shall be my opinion. My opinion is, is that this is okay. And they cannot prescribe anything and, and force me to, to act in any particular way, to place my faith in it, okay? I have the right to believe as I wish. In New Hampshire, that's Article 4 of the New Hampshire Constitution, rights of conscience, all right? In the U.S. Constitution, that's described uh, under the Bill of Rights, Article 1, which is the freedom of religion. Okay, well, my next question would be, is uh, let's say let's say you're in court and somebody would just point you out and say that you are Gus, the uh, whatever your last name is, and you're a legal person. What would you do at that moment in time when someone would point you out and say it? Because I I know a friend of mine now was doing the same thing and they. Well, hold on, hold on. I don't need an explanation. Your question is very very clear. I'm standing yeah. in court and somebody says you're the guy who uh, whatever. Okay, whatever the yeah. problem was. For instance, in May of this year, I was accused of being in possession of a loaded forty-five. Okay? Yeah. And so the cop took the stand. The prosecutor, I mean, everybody there was looking at me as if I was that person. Okay, <laughs> great. Uh, before we start, before we begin anything, I need to know who's the man, whose rights you're protecting. You're the government. You exist to secure the rights of man, to protect the property of man. Who is that man? On whose behalf are you acting? Where is the man that says I do wrong? End of story. If that man don't show up, there is no case. There is no controversy. I've got no questions for the cop because it don't matter. Mm-hmm. I got that. So who am you I? Don't want, you, don't want to get you, yeah, you don't want to get an argument yeah. with anything in there because you really can't because – you're not a legal person, and you wouldn't. Have, you don't understand what the hell they're talking about anyway, because they're talking in Chinese. So that's basically what you're what you're doing, and you're asking for a man because there is no controversy because you're an actor and you're a man, and you're asking for a man just to show up. There has to be man. Yeah, show me, show me the piece of paper 
where I invited you into my life, okay? It doesn't exist. Now, furthermore, there's some man that's making some false statement against me and, you know, and bearing false witness and causing me harm, and I don't know who that is, but your job, all right, is to, is to secure my rights and protect my property. So I require you to find that man and to prosecute him for causing me this stress, for causing me harm. Mental anguish is harm. That man is causing me harm. Find him and prosecute him. And this is the conversation I had with the county prosecutor's office the day I made bail. I got out and I called his office and I said, Dennis, this is Gus. I don't know if you remember me. Um, yeah, I was I was at your campaign thing, whatever, but I said, you know, that's really not important. The reason I'm calling is because there's a man bearing false witness against me. Here's the case number, and it's over in district court, and it's going to come over to your office probably, you know, in the next couple of weeks, and I require you to get rid of this and make this go away because I'm a man, and I've done no harm to another man. Somebody's bearing false witness against me, and if you don't prosecute him, I'll take him to the grand jury myself. What was his reply? Uh, he said I passed, well, he didn't have the paperwork. And he returned my call uh, the following week and said, uh, sorry, Gus, uh, you know, this, you know, I don't know if he remembered me or not, but uh, he said, you know, sorry, Mr. Brett, whatever. He said, I was before the grand jury on, on Thursday when you called. Uh, I'm returning your call, you know, uh, you know, please call me back or whatever. It was just a, a a generic message. So the following week, I was at a probable cause hearing, and they uh, they went through their their routine and did that stuff. And I I don't understand that stuff. I have no understanding of legalese of the language that they were using. I had no understanding of the uh, the procedures, the rules of evidence. Okay. Those are the customs of the legal society. I don't understand those. I'm a man. I've never been compensated to understand that stuff. I'm not going to learn it. I'm not going to learn your words. I'm not going to learn your technical bullshit because it doesn't apply to me. That's all for the good administration of government. Let me be. Okay. So they're going to get their judgment against you, right? And then you've got a claim because all they got is a complaint, but they got a judgment, judgment against you now. Yeah, what judgment? You can't have a judgment if there's nobody moving the case. The, the judgment has to be on behalf of something, of somebody. Who's moving the case? Who, who is bringing a controversy before the court? I require that man to take the stand, point his finger at me and say, yeah, that's him. That's the guy. He's the guy that, that did donuts on my front lawn and tore up my, my property. All right, he's the guy who, who I'm bringing this bill for $1,800 into the court for because he caused me actual harm, actual loss, okay, to my property. He caused me mental stress, all right? So here's the bill for $1,800, and he's the man. So some guy better show up in court, take the stand, point his finger in my face, and tell me that I'm that man, okay? Because I might be standing there, and he and he might say, uh, oh, man, I think I made a mistake. That's not the same Bob Smith, okay? I, I must have sent it to the wrong address. Uh, let's start over. I'm sorry, Gus. Yeah, that's it. The case might be over right there when the man realizes that I'm not the same Bob Smith. But until he shows up, you can't just keep going. Mm -hmm. 
Somebody has to make a claim. Somebody has to take the stand and verify the claim in open court because I'm a man. And if you go to the book of Acts, all right, the law of God all right, says that I have a right to face my accuser. You can't just accuse a man and then hang him. Yeah, you, you, know, like, you know, like the Salem witch trials. Somebody has to you know, make a claim. So how are they going to get a judgment against you if there's nobody on the other side you know, who's, who's beginning the controversy, who's, who's there? There's nobody on the other side. It's just me. Yeah, they you want show you to, me they, the they man want you who's to in get this courtroom. The, act, the show, the actor. They want you to get in the show, become the actor of the fiction, and so that they can have, and you're not playing your part. That's, what, that's, the, that's the deal that they're trying to get you in there. Like they did that last week with the lady... Um, she was a good person, and um, remember they put her in a jail or something like that a couple times. Remember she lost a child or something like that. Remember that was in, she was in Virginia or something like that. Remember it last week or something. So, yeah, yeah, well, they were trying to rattle her cage. You know, she yeah. uh, she was in court. She was doing the right things, and they were trying to throw her off balance. And yeah, when when they when the when the man acting as judge said, uh, "Yeah, I'm going to hold you in contempt if you blah blah blah." You know, all she had to do was say, you know, do you realize you're talking to a woman? Do you realize that you exist for my benefit to secure my rights? Um, you know, if there's another man or woman in here whose who's behalf you're acting on, uh, I require them to take the stand. You know, but you're, you're talking to a man. You, you know, you're talking to, you know, like, I think it's especially cool when a woman walks into the courtroom and says to the man sitting on the bench, uh, you know, uh, sir, uh, I, I wish to speak to you man to man. Do you, you know, is it okay if I just call you Bob, or you, do you uh, prefer that I call you Your Honor? Because it's a name. My my nieces don't call me Gus Breton; they call me Uncle Gus. Yeah, but my um, my, my issue is, um, I know one of the judges that are in my county. And they'll call me Mister in my last name. You know, that's all. You know, they don't call me Chuck. They'll call me, you know, Mr. Right. And they say so they, they. He told me that he did it out of <clears throat> um, politeness. Is what he said to me. And that and I'm like, that's fine. It doesn't. Okay. When you open your mouth in court, every single time, without exception, every single time, without exception, your first words out of your mouth, hey, Bob, man to man, but you don't even have to say Bob. Sir, you know, man to man, I just want to let you know that I'm here to settle a claim. Or man to man, I just want to know who owns those balloons. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you're saying because when when you're speaking man to man, you're using English. If you don't if you don't correct that presumption every single time, then they're going to presume that you are not an idiot, that you do understand legalese, and that you're speaking in their language. So you have to be absolutely clear, and the only way I know of to do that is to speak man-to-man every single time, and the only way to make the record repeatedly over and over and over, a broken record, it just doesn't say anything else. It says, man-to-man, I'm here to settle a claim. He asks you a question, I don't really understand what you're saying there. I'm just a man, and I'm speaking to you, man-to-man, and as a man, you know, and that's it. You just talk about how you're a man all the time, ever. No, no exception. There's nothing different. I'm a man. I, you know, I'm here because somebody invited me to this party. 
Okay, I'm a man. I've got my cap my, my cap shoes on because I tap dance. I'm a man, and you guys are playing disco music. What the heck is that? I don't disco. You know, I didn't realize you guys are inviting me to a disco. Where, where's the man? You know, where's the man bringing bringing a claimant? You got. I, I think I'm in the wrong place. Okay, I require a court of record. I, I require to proceed under common law. I'm a man. I have a right. You exist to secure those rights. You know, I have rights in common law. And and that's the purpose of government to secure these rights. So, you know, is there some other man that you're? You know, are you acting on behalf of another man? Because I'm the only man I see in here. Well, okay, but on your documents it says uh, trial by jury. Or all right, and you have yeah. um, they're having their little judge, um, <laughs> judge, you know, and just not a trial by jury. So. Whatever's going on, how do you convert that and say, well, they're doing whatever, but look, I need a magistrate and I need a trial by jury is what I'm looking for. Who says you need a magistrate? How do you know what a magistrate is? Well, all judges are magistrates, but you're asking for a magistrate. Or, you know, somebody's somebody's going to have to referee this whole thing. Yeah, I didn't ask for anything. I require a court of record. I'm not asking anything. I don't know what a magistrate is. A magistrate is some, some legalese word. I don't know what that means. I'm a man. I'm here to settle a matter. Who's bringing a claim? Put him on the stand so we can get out of here. Captain Kangaroo's on in 20 minutes, and I want to make the show. What if I ask him what's a court of record? Yeah, court of record, trial by jury. Okay. But then, but who are you looking for? Who are you looking for to um, sort of be the mediator for, um, you know, for the, I'm not, you know. I'm not looking for a mediator. Go, go to my website. Go to the study guide page and click on that red book. Click right on the book. It'll take you to the PDF over at Google Books and read English common law in the early American colonies. They got rid of all that stuff when they when they created the uh, the, the foundations of the government that, that exists over here. They they got rid of all that bullshit. Okay, they would hold court like a public event. Hey, Bob's taking Luke to court. Let's all go, and everybody would go down and they would vote according to their sense of what was right and what was wrong. Period. Now, if if Luke doesn't show up, we're not going to have court because there's there's only one man. You can't have a controversy. Well, what are you going to do? Argue with yourself? <laughs> My grandmother used to do that, and she used to win every time. <laughs> Hi, Gus. Hi, everybody. This is Quilla. Hey, Quilla. Well, well, thank you for helping me out tonight a little bit. You know, some clarity. You know that I, you know, was looking for and uh, let go of the technical stuff. You don't own it. You don't have to own it. You've got no. There is no law that requires you to own that bullshit. That doesn't belong to you. Let it go. Free your mm-hmm. mind. Okay. Just walk away. You don't have to own it. You don't have to take responsibility for their stuff. Well, what I I used to I used to to study the UCC. I used to study stuff for statutes and codes, and I used to do redress petitions, and I used to be involved with the legislature. I used to put in petitions. I've I've had, you know, I don't know, at least a half a dozen state reps here in New Hampshire, uh, you know, sign petitions that I wrote and put them before the legislature. You know, I've done that kind of work, all right? And it's, you know, and then I met Carl, and I realized, holy shit, I got so much stuff I have to forget. You know, they're, they're, this stuff is totally irrelevant. I'm a man, and all that stuff exists for the good administration of government. That's got nothing to do with me. 
what the hell was I thinking? Well, you know, I am working on. Yeah, I am working on like the uh, quiet titles and stuff like that. That's kind of like where I I'm, I blur it. You know, what I mean, so we're a man in there. You know, that's my thing. You What's know? a quiet title? <laughs> yeah, it's just something that's made up. But you know, I mean, you're uh, well. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to say it's okay. So if you got a, um, you know, yeah, you're that's okay. To, What's a quiet title? Well, I'm trying to. If you're cleaning up a piece of property, any encumbrance on a property, you're trying to quiet it. Anything that's on it. You pay the man or woman if there's any, any claim that they may have, a verified claim. If they don't have a verified claim, they may have, you know, some colorable something. What's an encumbrance? What, what's an encumbrance? <laughs> yeah, I get that. I know what you're trying to do. Yourself. It's all legal weed stuff. I'm, I'm saying it's right <laughs> yeah. for the moment. All right. So you, you give public notice in the newspapers, okay, on the yeah. church bulletin board. And yeah. to whoever, you, whoever uh, has sent you paperwork regarding this this property in the past, and you say, I'm selling this property, I'm planning on selling this property, on uh, putting it up for sale on December 1st, but I want to make sure that all claims are settled before then, so if you've got a claim, I require it to be uh, verified, and I, re- I require all verified claims to be sent to me so I can pay the bills and get this thing cleared so that I can sell it with, you know, in good faith, with a clear conscience, yeah, you know, and, and be an honor and, and have clean hands and all that kind of stuff. That's it. You don't you don't talk about clear title. You don't talk about encumbrances. Is there somebody making a claim to the property, which I believe is mine? If there is, if you if you fixed the deck over here on, on this building eighteen years ago before I bought it, and you believe somebody owes you seven hundred bucks, send me the bill. I'll pay it. I'm trying to settle all claims on this property because I want to make sure that nobody gets hurt. Everybody gets what's coming to them. I want to remain in honor. That's it. There's no quiet then, title. There's nothing. And then you use a notary whenever a man and is and a notary. Is quiet. Then you use a man or notary to notarize, you know, notarize it to be a witness that this happened. You put it in a newspaper or whatever, and then from there, then you just sell the property to somebody else. It, it doesn't really have to be a notary. You know, that's what I keep saying. You know, use a notary for that process. But it can be anybody. You know, if you, for instance, if the mayor, uh, who, you know, the guy who ran for mayor year after year, who was elected as mayor year after year, uh, the guy was eight terms as a mayor, and now he's just getting older. He's not interested anymore. He's hanging out with his grandkids. You know, if that guy does it, if he does that work for you. Uh, he's still a, a an impartial third party who has you know good standing in, within the community, and that's really what you're looking for. What you okay? the, the notary public automatically has good standing. Yet. Well, the notary public automatically has good standing in the court, mm-hmm. but um, you know you, you can use anybody, but you want somebody with some serious credibility, and you know the, the notary public already has that, you know because the state is willing to back them up. But, you know, it doesn't have to be an auto republic. It can be anybody anybody that you believe uh, can carry their own weight in that court, which is local, okay? If they bring the mayor in and the mayor says, this is what I did, who the hell is going to question that? You know, Bob hired me to put public notices in. Uh, here's the affidavit of publication from the union leader. Here's, the, uh, here's a letter from Father Moe who put it into the St. Marie's Bulletin Board. Uh, you know, he says he put it in there four weeks in a row. I mean, I'm not going to question the guy. 
I gave him twenty-eight bucks, seven dollars a week to put it in the church bulletin, and he says he did it. Who the hell am I to question it? You know? And the property's located located in, in his would, church. Would you notify? Or would you all notify the? I guess. Uh, the former lien holder. I mean, if we were, if we would be able to go into more, you wouldn't. You I, would, I, would, I, would I would contact. I would send a personal letter to anybody that has ever contacted me about that property, whether it be a bank, any person at all. You know, a bank, some financial institution, the servicing company. It doesn't matter. I would send it to everybody mm-hmm. because yeah. I want to send a lot of clients. Yeah, okay. Now you you might not read the local newspaper. You might be outside this jurisdiction and have some vested interest in this property, which I wish to clear before I sell it. So you know, I I, I just want to clear all claims, settle all claims on this land before I transfer it to my niece or whoever I'm giving the property to, or whatever I'm I'm doing with it. You know, I'm doing this for this purpose. Speak now or forever hold your peace. Okay, so then let's say that um, no one came forth and you gave everybody a notice. Now, where would you file that notice in the county in order for them to, to hear? Here, here's the notice. Here's what was sent as sort of a record of what happened. Would you file, let's say, UCC filing? Uh, whoever, I mean, whoever, did, whoever did the work for you, okay, whether it was the former mayor you know, Bob Smith or, or Frank yeah. Jones or whoever it was, they would write something up that says public notice was given. This is the public notice that was given. It was given four weeks in a row. Uh, it has to be a minimum of three weeks. In a newspaper of general circulation, that's that's what public notice, that's what's recognized as public notice. And, you know, you use the standards that are set up through the statutes to guide you, and you use those as a minimum. You go over and above. And whoever the man is, whoever the impartial third party is that does the work for you, they write it all up, and then you'd go down and file it uh, with the, um, you know, with the transfer papers. You, you put the property up for sale. If anybody comes forward and says, you know, hey, I've got a debt. Well, you had, you got a letter from me, and you didn't respond. You know, you, you know, I hired this guy. He sent you a letter. It was sent to you. It was, you know, like if I was dealing with a bank. I would have it served on them by a process server so that I would get proof on the record that they got it. Okay? That, that's different from putting public notice into the, into the newspaper. Oh, I know that's true. Yes. Okay? So I would give official notice, public notice. Yeah, I would send a copy of the public notice by process server to whoever it was that was claiming, you know, because they're already claiming to have some kind of a, of a vested interest in that property. So I, you know, I would make damn sure that they got a copy served in hand. And then if they come forward later, I look, I gave you 60 days to, to say something and you remain silent. You know, tough shit. You know, I mean, okay, I'll, so, I'll give you okay, 10 so days that's, right that's, now okay, that's, because I'm a nice okay. guy. I'll, I'll, I'll give you 10 days to produce a verifiable bill. And, uh, and, and you know, if I agree with it, I'll pay it. If I disagree with it, you can take me to court. But, you, you know, I'll give you 10 days. But, you know, you do all that stuff in writing, and you do it all by the hand of man. Mm-hmm. You don't type that okay, stuff okay, up. Okay, so, but, but that's if they don't answer and everything goes good. But let's suppose that they do answer. Let's say that they gave you 
Um, hey, uh, my name is Bob. Um, yeah, you, um, you know, had this um, loan. You know, there's mortgage or whatever, and we know what they did with the mortgages. We know they bifurcated and all that crap. To the, but they and they don't. Yeah, they so somebody sends Yeah. Some, somebody sent you a letter that says you still owe seventy eight thousand dollars. Right. Uh, okay. What would you do with it? Well, first you're gonna to try to take it from the. Uh, you're gonna to try to put it to a person and find out. Okay, then you would you have no, to know in the deed. No, 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 have it no, 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 no. Right. Somebody sends you a bill that says you owe seventy eight thousand dollars. You say, great. Send me a bill of particulars. I want to see the details of how you came to this amount. Okay. If they don't send that to you, uh, then why should you pay the bill? If Bob says I owe him thirty-eight bucks, Bob's going to be able to tell me why I owe him thirty-eight bucks. If somebody says you owe seventy-eight, that's a resulting document. That's like a self-serving document. I could go to Walmart and create some of their staples and create a document like that and say, "Here it is." I would be, which I'd be able to verify all all the lineage all the way back. Yes, send me a bill for the debt, which you believe is true due and owing at this time, and I will settle the debt. End of story. If you don't send me that bill, don't fucking talk to me again. That's it. There's nothing technical about this stuff at all. Nothing. I mean, this stuff is real simple. Bob says you owe him 38 bucks. You say, Bob, I don't even know you. And he says, yeah, remember, remember when we were 20 years old, uh, we were hanging out with Frank and, and yeah, I was one of Frank's friends, and you needed some money, and uh, all you had was two bucks on you, and I gave you, a, you know, a couple of twenties, so you owe me thirty-eight bucks. And you're like, oh yeah, shit, I forgot. You know, I, I owed the taxi driver, whatever, you know, whatever the case was. So, you, you, you know, you might not remember. So you you want a bill of particulars? You want to know the, the the particulars of the debt, why it exists? And if you disagree. <laughs> Say, Bob, I really don't believe I owe you 38 bucks. Bob takes the stand, you know, later on. He's going to verify his claim and open court before God and man. And uh, there's going to be 12 people sitting there saying, Bob's got a really good story about this $38. Let's, let's hear your side of the story. And they're going to make the final decision. So if somebody says they, you, know, you owe $78,000, no problem. They, you know, everybody has an opportunity to go to court and – you know, but meanwhile, the other, you know, four people who might have claimed that you owe a debt have, deci- have decided to abandon their claim, and so you've only got one entity to deal with. Okay, I'm, 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 I'm going to play this. I'm going to play this out. You know, I mean, I'm, I'll find some some property or something and play the game, see if it'll, you know, how what the outcome will be. You know, that would be awesome. I would love it if you went through. I don't have anything to do that with, and quite honestly, I mean, I'm not looking. <laughs> I'm not looking to to prove anything, but uh, but I would love to see it happen. I would love to see it go down. That's what this I would do. Aquila. A lot of people. I was, you know, somebody holding property. This Aquila, I'm kind of fighting the situation like that now. I'm helping a friend. She's listening to the call now, so. Speak up um, a little bit, Oh, I'm sorry. You hear me better now? Yeah, yeah. Good. I said I have a situation. I'm helping a friend of mine um, for the bankruptcy um, that she put in, and 
You know, so that's what we're working on now to get her back into her property, basically. So, and yeah, there's another little I want to say, just a statement, basically. <laughs> you know, when you said, do you need a mediator? You know, no. It's like if I'm in a relationship with a guy, I don't want a mediator. Why would I need one? <laughs> so just look at it in that form, you know, saying you just got to do your own thing, speak for yourself. I'm talking, the main thing is being honest and learning this for yourself. I mean, we are here to help you, but you have to learn for yourself. And I, one more thing, donate. Everybody needs to donate. You want this to go on. Everybody's like us, Paul, and others are, you know, donating their time so we can at least help them out a little bit. So I'm just saying everybody donate. God's sitting there asking me to say this. I understand it. And, yes, I do donate from time to time when I have it, but let's not forget Thank that. Thank you for that. Let's not forget that. All right, and I'm going to continue to listen. And yeah, it is, it is definitely motivating to uh, to get on here when people are, you know, sending you 10 15 bucks, 100 bucks. Uh, it, 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 it's definitely uh, a whole lot easier to get on here every Wednesday night when I know somebody actually appreciates you know, what I do, and I'm, and I'm sure Mike's the same way. Mike's got a call, by the way. Uh, on Monday. Um, yeah, he's got a call on Monday. I'm going to go to my website. So I can just pull up his uh, TalkShoe number. Uh, Mike's call is TalkShoe number uh, 133802. He's on Monday nights. I believe he's starting at 8 o'clock now. He used to start at 7. And mm-hmm. his show is called Common, Calm in Law. Like not getting excited, but being calm, calm in law. It's a community call, same as this. You know, I call this, you know, I call this common law word nerds because I heard Carl talk about word nerds before, and I thought that was pretty cool. So, uh, and Carl's calls, you know, his archives. He's he's not. I, mean, I imagine he's going to do a call now and then, uh, especially when things cool off. He, he's he's got he just got running water at his uh, at his place. He's been there since April. He just got running water, I think, four, maybe five days ago. So uh, his his ID number is 127469, and uh, you can go to the archives and listen to all his calls. And Angela, uh, her call ID number is, I think, 39904. Correct. 39904, is that correct? Correct. All right. And that's my private audio. She's also got a website with that same name, and she's got uh, guest speakers, people that have appeared on her show. And you'll see Carl in there, and if you click on his name, it'll bring up a whole list of his uh, talk shoes. But, you know, that, that's where you get the information. You know, it's from Carl, uh, Carl's archives and from Angela's archives when Carl was on. That's where we all learned it from. You know, if you're getting your information from me, you're getting secondhand information. Yeah, uh, in uh, in in the world of food, you know, the, when you eat green, when you eat kale, you eat collard greens. You know, you're eating firsthand food. When you're eating beef, you're eating secondhand food because the cow ate the greens, and you're eating the cow, so you're getting secondhand food. So, and that's what you're getting here tonight. You're not getting the raw information. If you want that raw food, you got to go to Carl. You got to listen to his talk shoes. And donate, and don't forget to donate. A lot of us yeah, donate. Donate. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead. Yeah, just uh, just I'm gonna repeat uh, for whoever 
you know, didn't hear me earlier in the call. I'm moving to Minnesota. I finally found a place last night. Uh, it's a beautiful place. Ladies got horses, and uh, it, it, I mean, it's just absolutely gorgeous house. And she just wants somebody to take care of the horses when she goes on road trips. So uh, I'm going to be in heaven. <laughs> I'm going to be moving here. I'm going to be moving from here next. Uh, my daughter leaves on the 30th to go back to California. She just got here a few days ago. And so I'm going to hang out with her, and I'm going to head out to Minnesota. My brother's coming over from Africa to visit, and uh, so he's probably going to be here for a week. So I'm going to move to Minnesota next week and uh, after next week's call, and then uh, I'm going to be doing a lot of moving around. So next week's going to be my last call for a while. I'll, I'll, I'll pick it back up towards the end of October maybe, but uh, I'm going to be doing a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, my, my brother's going to be in town. I haven't seen him in two years, so he, he, he's working in South Africa. So he's going to be coming home to hang out, and uh, he's going to be here on the 13th. So I'm going to be back here. Uh, maybe I'll do a show uh, you know, if we're not doing anything. So I'm just going to go with the flow and, and see how things work out. But uh, that's what's going on with me. And if you're, uh, I'm going to be between Duluth and Minneapolis, pretty much halfway. And uh, I'm not, I really not, don't want to tell anybody exactly where I'm going to be at. But uh, there's a main highway that runs up and down there. I think it's it's uh, 35, and I'm going to be about 10 miles off of that highway. So I'll be able to meet people, uh, you know, in, in one of the towns. There. Once I get there, I'll know what's what's available. Uh, I know there's a Walmart super center, you know, like, like within a half hour. So I'm sure there's plenty of restaurants and plenty of other stuff around if there's a Walmart super center. Great, great. Hey, Gus, Gus, I, I have a question. This is uh, Don Vito from Detroit. Hey, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I haven't okay. heard from you in a bit. Yeah. Yes, sir, man. Congre congratulations on your move, you know what I'm saying? Thank you. How'd you make out yep. with the, uh, the, the letter to your employer? When I, when I sent the letter, they sent me a response back. They responded back, and they said, only thing they said is, well, we need a uh, uh, Michigan, no, not, yeah, Michigan ID, driver's license, uh, something like to that to that effect right there. Because I don't, I don't think with the letter the letter alone, it was going to switch the name over. So they, they wanted okay, to... So do you have uh, Do you have a Michigan ID that has the the current name yep. that you're using? Yep, yep, I had that. So I just, you know, I submitted it, you know, and that just did it, and they switched it back. Good. You know, so awesome. yeah, that that's all. I, yeah, that, that, that it worked out, you know, and that's all I wanted right there. And I also wanted to say, um, you know, I was listening to Gail, so I wish her the best, you know, what she does, what she's what she's doing, and I, I got a question. My question is, um, how do you get your your taxes back from the IRS, you know, all, all the money you pay. I'm not doing okay. this because, you know, I'm not doing this because I'm trying to be greedy. I'm doing this because I do oh, need I, some help because, you know. I, I plan on getting my property back, okay, because yeah. I inadvertently left my property with somebody else. Okay? When I was a kid, um, mm -hmm. yeah, my mom told me about Santa Claus, and and I, I behaved differently than I would have if I didn't know about Santa Claus, okay? And then 
later on there was the Easter Bunny, and there was you know, so I've been I've been told stories all my life that weren't mm-hmm. true, even by my mom. And one of these people was somebody called a CPA. So some person called a CPA mm-hmm. thought that they could deceive me into into uh, you know into believing that some boogeyman called an IRS agent was going to uh, do bad things to me if I didn't pay tribute, if I didn't turn over my property. So I didn't want bad things to happen. So I turned mm-hmm. over, you know, I, I, I let this guy do paperwork for me because he was supposedly acting in my best interest and, mm-hmm. uh, and sent, you know, and I, I gave up my property and sent it to whoever, you know, he, he did the paperwork. You know, I signed mm-hmm. it, but he did the stuff for me and I sent it out. And now that I'm older and I've had a chance to reflect and look at things and I realize I had no such obligation. You know, I inadvertently turned over my property to some somebody that I that you know nobody was even making a claim for it. So I mm-hmm. require that property restored. You know, that's okay. it. So basically, I would write a letter, which I yeah I plan to write. Is going to say, Bob, uh, I inadvertently uh, placed my property into your possession, and I uh, you know it, it's causing me um, loss to go mm-hmm. without this, you know, without said property. Um, so I require you to return it as soon as possible. If you have any questions, I can be reached at this phone number. And that's it. I wouldn't get into a big explanation about anything because he might know exactly what you're talking about. Why would I presume that he's clueless? <laughs> absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's what I do. I just keep it simple and short, man. Well, yeah, let him ask the questions. Well, what do you know? Yeah, yeah, what do you mean, Mr. Long? Well, what what part of I left my property with you by accident do you not understand? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm not not understanding your question. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yes, sir. Yeah, there's 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 nothing complicated about, you know, and that's one of the, the the beautiful, the most beautiful things about hanging out with Carl. Carl, I mean, we were on the phone, I think, for four hours uh, Monday night. And, mm-hmm. you know, we kept, his phone kept dying. He kept calling. Actually, I think he was losing the signal because he was in his house and he's got a metal roof. So uh, so he kept calling back. So I'd lose him for you know, a half hour. I'd get some work done. And he'd call back. We'd keep talking. And, mm-hmm. you know, the... We we talk about law. You know, we talk about like you know. He called me after uh, he called me on Thursday last week after the call I did, and he says, you know, when mm-hmm. you were talking to this lady, I would have done it like this. I would have said that you could have you could have asked her, you know, like well, where's the father? Where's the man? Okay, because mm-hmm. it's his job to secure your family property. So mm-hmm. where's that guy? Where's that man? You know, he says I would have gone there, and and mm-hmm. with this other guy, I would have gone here. So you know. Been hanging out with Carl for over a year now, a year and a half, um, mm-hmm. you know, pretty much every week, fairly often. Uh, so I mean, we might go two weeks and not talk, but I mean, we we kind of talk a lot. And in mm-hmm. those conversations, it's 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 like having a private talk show. He covers the same stuff over and over and over that he does on the talk shows. It's the same stuff, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 
it's amazing that I have to hear it 40 or 50 times before it penetrates my skull. It is absolutely okay. amazing. And mm -hmm. so don't feel that. If you're thinking like, you know, this totally makes sense, I'm going to do it, and then the minute you go to put the pen to the paper, you, you go blank, okay? That happens to me all the time because it's, it's right there. It all makes sense right up until it's time to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I understand um, that, man. But that's the advantage of having all the talk shoes. You can go back and listen to Carl over and over and over again and, and stop looking for all the technical details. Listen to his mm -hmm. attitude. His attitude mm -hmm. is everything. It's okay. absolutely what you've got to concentrate on is his attitude because it's the attitude. I'm a man. You just grabbed my wife's ass, and we have a problem now. Mm -hmm. Okay? And a man wouldn't talk about it. He'd say, I'm sorry, let me help you off the floor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 I hear you, man. Like I said, I'm gonna go back I'm gonna go back to the um to the other logs and stuff, listen to it, piece something together, you know, and go from what I already noticed in my head that I heard you and Carl talk about and um uh, I wish you the best, Gus, you know what I'm saying, on your move and stuff. I hope you have a smooth transition and everybody that called into the show. I wish them the best on everything, and especially Dale, you know what I'm saying? My condolences go out to her. But, you know, I appreciate your time, though, Gus. Like I said, man, um, in the event my property is restored, you know, I'm going to look out for you. That's my word. Yeah, That's my you, word. I'm not, you know, I'm not looking for anything. You know, I mean, I appreciate it. Yeah, most definitely. You know what I'm saying? That's my word. So now I'm on, you know, I'm on the talk show saying it. So if it don't come to pass, then you know I was phony. No, uh, I'm never gonna even go there. It's your property. Get it back and send me a letter and say, "Hey, this is what I did. This is how I did it, and this is what happened." Yeah, that's, that's all I'm looking for. I'm looking. I'm looking to better understand the process and how different. Uh, I, I, you know, I handle things my particular way with my particular understanding of the words that I'm currently using. You're going to use mm -hmm. your your process, your thing differently. Yeah, I used mm -hmm. to do a lot of writing with Mike and Mark and John Fall, and you know we you know, we spent like a, like the whole month of I think it was it was right at, I think it was from the third week of July till about the uh, till about mid August maybe late August last summer. Mm -hmm. you know, we spent a lot of time working and writing together, and I would see these guys come up with words and the way they they pattern their sentences and so on. And it really, really helped me out. And so, you know, when somebody mm -hmm. writes to me and they say, here's what I put into the court, this is what I got for a result, you know, whether it's good or bad, I get to see the language and the way they describe things. And okay. you know, th this is what, you know, helps me to, to, to be able to write better. So, you know, I appreciate okay. you guys sending me stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. Most definitely, man. We like, you know, like, likewise, we appreciate you, which is why, you know, whoever does it, does it. So. You know, we thankful on the, on the um, we thankful for you, man. So, yeah, you yeah, know, well, I appreciate you're the time you got. And, uh, and any donations you make are totally acceptable. <laughs> 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 yeah, and if That's if my good. donation button if my donation button is not working for you, just send me a text, send me a Skype message. I've got a direct link. Some people say it doesn't work for them. Uh, I don't know why, mm -hmm. but um, it works fine for me. 
And when I give them the direct link, it, you know, right off the button, it, it works fine. So if you guys are having a problem with that button, just let me know. Um, there's also, you know, Western Union, and uh, or you can send you can send it through uh, Walmart. There's a Walmart money transfer stuff. There's all sorts mm-hmm. of ways, you know, or you can do it like a caller. You know, she she's, uh, she sent me cookies in the past, but you know, I, I haven't mm-hmm. had a PL box to, to use, so I, I'm really not looking for anything in particular. And, you know, I'm, I'm here giving back what I have gotten from Carl and from all of you guys and all the, you know, from Mike. I mean, from Mike and from Mark and from John Paul and from Ed, you know, my, my roommate Ed, who's, you know, he hasn't paid a dime to the IRS since the 1980s, okay? He's been on top wow. of his game for a really long time. And it's people like that, my buddy Dave, who, who moved here from New York two years ago, you know, mm-hmm. they... You know, we hang out. I was with Dave all day today. You know, we hang out, and it's people that care enough to learn that make this so enjoyable. And, mm-hmm. and knowing that, um, like, I just retired. I retired in July. So every day is a Saturday. You know, I get up in the morning, and I, I just think, hey, today's a Saturday. I get to do this. I get to do that. And it's really, mm-hmm. really relaxing. And and even more so because I'm not concerned about somebody from the government coming and taking my shit away. Exactly. Yeah, you know, nobody's gonna come and piss in my Cheerios, you know. It's mm-hmm. just, I've learned enough from Carl to know that if there's no man in court, there is no case, there's no jurisdiction. Let me be. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I, you know, and when Carl says, you know, how, I can't believe I'm doing another show. I, I literally, I'm thinking the same thing. I'm like, I don't know why I'm getting on the call today. I really don't. What am I going to say? I'm going to say, that's my shit. Give it back. I didn't mean to leave it in your, in your possession. I don't know. Uh-huh. How hard can that possibly be? Yeah. Yeah, so when when I, I used to hear Carl say, you know, I can't believe I'm doing another show, and I'd be thinking, thank God he's doing another show, because I, I still don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hi, Gus. Hey. Uh, hi. Hi. Uh, Gus, I appreciate your show. I learned a lot tonight. It was great, and I appreciate your effort and energy. Thanks again. And um, I have a few questions. I'm a, a caller friend, and I had a, I met a call a few weeks ago. But um, I have a question regarding the how to uh, to give a notice for cease and disease and uh, how to give the notice for asking for both of office and the bond. And um, I want to have a notice that uh, my husband was not part of bankruptcy and he filed a claim and they tried to remove... Uh, and they give, um, he, my husband tried to uh, put a claim and they tried to dismiss the claim or the, the judge dismissed the claim right away. And so hello, was, hello, hello, hello. Let me jump in here. This is the lady I was telling you about because basically she's going through okay. a bankruptcy so you can understand her better. And her husband was not part of the bankruptcy, but they did some type of trick and gave her husband a judgment 
because I guess he's on the uh, title or deed of the house, and okay. they did a foreclosure on them and put them out. Yeah, okay. And I've been helping her ever since that. Uh, so is this her case. husband or an ex-husband? It's her husband with her. And they threw both okay. of them out. They put their furniture in a storage for them. Oh, hold on, the hold bedroom. on. Yeah, I know. It, it's a bad thing. I, I've, I've been there when they show up with a dumpster and pull your furniture out and throw it in a dumpster, a 40-yard dumpster, and they throw all your stuff in there. It's, it's ridiculous. Well, actually, um, they did. They put it in storage for her, so. Well, that's, even, that's, that's cool, but let's get back to the basics. So, yeah, so uh, she's still married. Hold on, hold on. She's still married. Correct. The original, the original paperwork, the mortgage, was that something that they both signed? No, only she was on that loan, not him. Okay, well, so his his bankruptcy has nothing to do with that mortgage now. No, no, she filed bankruptcy. He did not. He oh. had nothing to do with it, but they gave a judgment against her husband, and that's how they threw him out. The bankruptcy. Okay, the judgment, hold on. The judgment, uh, who took who to court? Okay, she filed a bankruptcy case. And when she filed a bankruptcy case, she filed a Chapter 11. Of course, they okay. gave you a trustee, a lawyer, and that lawyer changed it to a Chapter 7. With that cha- yes, they changed it to a Chapter 7. How and long ago was this? Uh, they did it on April 2014. Okay. And they did it by force because they told me that. I told, uh, I, I, I told them I don't want to just change it to Chapter 7. I want to stay in Chapter 11. They said that if you want to stay in Chapter 11, you have to bring the... $1.7 million bond. I said, where can I get it? How can I get a bond? And I went everywhere and called different people, and they said, there is no such a bond. And they, then I appealed, and it took an appeal, um, uh, appeal court. Okay, but you're, mm-hmm. listen, hold, hold on, don't, don't keep going. You're in their court, okay? And they mm-hmm. have their rules, and they appointed a trustee to oversee everything, and... Yeah. The as a, as a woman, what you're looking for, because you're not, a, you, you know, if you're saying that, look, I'm not a person, I don't understand your stuff, uh, you know, I just require the debt to be verified in open court. And in bankruptcy court, they have a B10 form, and you, you know, I, what I would do is I would write back to the uh, to the to the trustee and uh, and and ask him for the debt verification letters from these corporations that claim a debt. Now, he's going to write back to you and say, I'm not on this case anymore. I was discharged from the case by the judge on April 15th, April 17th, whatever, and, you know, and you're going to have to take this up with the court. Uh, but he might not. He might actually give you some information that you can use before he tells you that he's, you know, he's not on the case. So I would take the time to just write a letter and ask him, you know, uh, for the for all the information regarding the debt verification, um, and uh, ask him you know, why he didn't use the B10 form, why he did not require the debts to be verified before they proceeded with the Chapter 712, whatever it is. And Gus, and let me interrupt you. I'm sorry. We have a B10 form one for Chapter 11 from Council. 
and they put a one West Bank FSB on chapter 11. And then he put a, uh, for chapter 7, he changed it to one West Bank NA and signed it again as an authorized agent for them. And we asked them, who give you authorization? Bring the affidavit. Show me the affidavit that you are uh, authorized. That's okay. That's fine. It doesn't matter. So there was B10 forms put into the case? Yes. Okay. So all you have... It's a false claim. Because he doesn't have a first-hand knowledge. And he comes to... Hold on, hold on. There's a B10 form, so somebody is claiming that this is the truth and, the, you know, and they're putting the truth into the record and uh, you know, what they believe uh, uh, you know, regarding this debt. So uh, you, uh, the, the, whoever puts the B-10 form in, uh, if, you, if you agree that that's the debt, then there's no reason for them to verify it. On the other hand, if you say, uh, I disagree. I, I don't believe I owe $78,000.15. I believe I owe 83000 I, I I think somebody's making a mistake, and I want the debt verified. And uh, somebody's going to have to take the stand and verify that debt. And if that didn't happen, then what you want to do is reopen the case and bring it back up and, and require the debt to be verified in court. So you, you know, you'd write to the trustee. I'm a woman, and I, you know, I'm writing to you as the woman, you know, uh, who has, as a woman who has a right to have my my property secured, uh, my rights secured by you, a trustee who who works for this government, uh, which exists to secure those rights, and you know, in regards to this case, and in this case, there was a B10 form. And I, I have recently discovered that I have a right to challenge that B10 form, I mean, the, the information on that B10, and thus I require uh, the case to be reopened and for you to act on my behalf in processing this and uh, getting this debt verified. I, I'm not really sure about the words. Uh, yeah, I do a whole lot better when I stick it on the paper and, and start writing, but... Uh, you know, you want to get that information across to the trustee that you require him to act on your behalf and to reopen the case and to get, because you believe the debt is not correct and you want the debt verified uh, in open court and see if you can get the case revived. Yeah, yeah I, I, I can help her. I can we can get that done. Yeah, I can get that done. Yes, and let me add something to it. When I got this, the first of all, this is a construction line of credit. It is not secure. And this is the unsecured line of credit. And when they give, uh, I signed with them, before construction is over and before they file an uh, Indemite Bank, uh, FSB bankrupt, they failed to give me whole amount of the money, all of the contract, or they breached the contract. They breached the contract. They didn't give me the full amount. And I asked okay, them. Okay, but they, that, it, it doesn't matter, okay? All that, they're claiming there's a particular debt. And, and, and I, let me ask, uh, say something else. And on June, uh, June, uh, June 2012, 
they uh, they charge off to this. They charge off the mortgage services that was a, um, they said one West Bank, and then call it uh, Indian Bank Venture LLC. They charge off the debt. That means that two reasons that this debt is not valid at all, and these people that they name this themselves as a mortgage services as a debt collector all the time, and I ask them to give me. Uh, the um, what is this? Uh, to get uh, get a um, thirty years mortgage, they're never able to do that because they told me okay, you are. Here, here, here's what's going to happen, okay? If okay. you require the debt to be verified in open court, okay. they're not going to do it because uh, you know we we all know that there's mortgage insurance and that after 180 days. They put a claim in, you know, with, I think they have to do it before 180 days. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm just repeating what I've heard. I don't know this to be a fact, okay? Uh, but I, you know, what I've heard is within 180 days, they have to put the claim into the insurance company, the, the mortgage insurance, and, and get paid because mm-hmm. you didn't yeah. come through on your, you know. So they're going to have to verify the debt, and when they're verifying the debt, they're going to have to give a, a complete accounting of the account. Okay. And that's it. They're never going to do it. They're not going to come in and say, you owe all this money when they collected on an insurance policy on that debt, when when you actually paid stuff. No man yeah. is going to come forward One and other say. Point, One other point. Yeah, also, she had, but, she oh, had no, a Hold story. on, Aquila. Aquila, okay. Aquila, hold on. All right. Uh, what's the name of the lady I'm talking to? My Just call her Shay. Shay. It's yeah. easier. Shay? Correct. Yeah. Okay, so how long were you in the house, Shay? I bought it 2005. I got a construction loan 2007. I finished the loan house 2008, and then when, the when did when did when, when what was the first night that you stayed in the house overnight? May 2008. As soon as we finished it, we moved in. Okay, so uh, May 2008, you moved in. And when did they uh, take you out of the house? June, two, uh, June July 9, 2015. All right, so you were there over seven years. In the yes. seven years you were there, you washed the floors, you washed the windows, you provided mm-hmm. security for the exactly. house every night. So, we have so you have equity interest. Uh, you work, okay? You have, you have labor. And, and talk mm-hmm. to uh, Ecola. About putting an equity claim in, okay? Because you have a vested interest in that property. You have, you know, you did all this work. If they're claiming it's their house and you did all this work on their house, then you have the right to be compensated for your time, which you put, you know, and the labor that you put into their house. Okay, so you know, look into that. It, you know, put. Uh, you can do a mechanics lien. Uh, you can do a, just a basic common law lien or mm-hmm. a, a private lien, but you know you you have the right to be compensated for your time, for your labor, for you know for all the creative energy that you put in. You know, before you went and 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 washed those windows, you spent an hour reading the labels on the on the cleaning products at the store to make sure that they did not, you know, eat away at the wood or the aluminum or whatever surrounds the window. So, you know, you did all this research. So, 
you know, I, I spent three hours researching, then I went down to the store and I read the labels, and I, I decided to use Windex, and I cleaned the windows. So there's the four hours you spent researching, which, you know, should be included in the bill of particulars. Yes, and another thing is that because I had the money in my account in order that I want to pay whoever has the right claim to pay them, but the trustee took all of my money and without my consent, without my knowledge, and that is a grand larceny. If, uh, 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 hold on. Before, before you go accusing the trustee, uh, did the trustee go to the bank and pull the money out and stick it in his in his own pocket? They put it under their name. Yes, all the papers. The, trust, the, the, the trustee went home and said, "Honey, I just cleaned out this woman's account." I don't know. It it is no, says that it says that transferred to my name. It's, uh, the name is the the name of trustee on the paperwork. That I went to bank and I took the. Uh, I said that who. Did you give the money to? And they give me a copy that who requested, and they give uh, who requested and who they transferred to. Okay, but he he did that with a court order. Okay, he, no, he has no authority. I no, I didn't have an order. I didn't have anything. As soon as it changed my chapter eleven to chapter seven, he took the money out, and I complain and I say that why you did that? Yes, but that. That's, no, no, hold on. As soon as the Chapter 11 was done, he did this. That means that the judge wrote an order and ordered that the accounts be settled, that the debts be settled, that the assets be recovered, okay? And that's what the, that's what the guy did. I mean, no, that's what the trustee I, I, did. I didn't, I didn't get that kind of order, not at all. Because all you didn't all get an order things. from the judge that said no. that, 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 well, no. send me because a copy of it. Was, well, actually, don't send me a copy of it. Uh, but, you know, sit, sit with somebody who can... Yeah, everything was on dispute. Everything, uh, all the claims that they had, it was on dispute. And right now, only I, it left one dispute one, and that is the unsecured debt. That's the only one left. That means that all, everything is, else is gone. And the money, he doesn't mention it anywhere, that he took that money. And what he did... The man... Him, okay, what's the, what's the trustee's name? What's his name? It's uh, Harry Jason Gold. Okay, so Harry... Okay, if Harry walked into the bank and said, Hi, my name's Harry, and I'm here to clean out Shay's account, what do you think the bank's going to say? They send a letter. They just send a okay, letter. Okay, so they sent a the letter. So Harry sends a letter and says, Hi, my name's Harry. I want Shay's money. They said that. Okay, they say that we are the trustee for Chapter Seven, and this case is under Chapter Seven bankruptcy, and we are entitled to get all this money. And they use that kind of word in order to transfer all the money. Okay, to them. So, so he he contacted the bank uh, yeah, in his official letter. capacity in his in his official capacity as a trustee. He used the authority, the federal authority of the federal bankruptcy court that is vested in him as a trustee to carry out his duties as described in the statutes and the codes and the regulations and the, and the, and the rules of procedure and the judge's order and whatever. He did what he believes 
was the proper thing according to his obligations, and he wrote this letter, and the bank, which exists as a part of the same federal government because they're federally insured, uh, they did their part. So everybody did their thing according to what they believe is the proper way of doing things. And what you need to do is go to court and reopen the case and say, uh, there was a mistake. You guys treated me as a person, but I'm a woman. I'm not a person. Okay, I'm a woman with no obligations, no duties to anybody, and I'm here to, to you know, because I'm here now requiring that the debt be verified in open court. So reopen the case, bring everything back, because uh, there was an error made, you know, because of, of, of uh, you know, my misunderstanding. I didn't realize you guys were treating me as a person. And, and just start all over. But, you know, the, Harry didn't go steal your money. That, that's not what happened. Okay. Okay, but uh, how, can I, how can I ask for move back to my property right now? For fees, disease, or something well, like pro- that? Whose property is it? It's my property. Okay, so why aren't you in it? And because they, they, I went in and they took me out and put me in jail, and now they order me that I cannot go around the house. Okay. And, and so what happens if you go? They're going to put me in jail. Okay. And they're going to charge you with trespassing. Yeah. And when they charge you with trespassing, they're going to bring you before the judge. They did it already, yes. yeah. Yes. Okay. And when, and when you were standing before the judge, you said, uh, Your Honor, I'm speaking to you, man. Oh, I'm losing my headset. <laughs> I might get I might get dropped and my I just got a warning that my battery is very low. So you stood before the judge, the man acting as judge, and said, Bob, you said you said, Sir, I'm here to speak with you man to man regarding this debt. Uh I mean regarding this trespass. Uh somebody's claiming that I trespassed on their property and I require that man to take the stand now and accuse me to my face because I have the right to face my accuser. And so some man came forward and said, hi, my name is Jerry, that's my property, and she was trespassing. No, that didn't happen. Okay? Yes, and the reason, it did, the, reason it didn't, the reason it didn't happen is because uh, nobody was actually making a claim. Nobody was in that court making a claim. They were treating you as a person. Exactly. I agree with you. I understand. But when I went Okay, to well, court, fix it. Fix yeah. it. Okay, write a letter to the court and say, I believe you made an inadvertent error in treating me as a person. I am a woman, and I require the record to be set straight that I did not trespass, that that is my property, that no man came forward to make a claim to my property, and I require you know, the, the, the hearing to be reheard or, or, whatever you, or whatever you decide should happen next. Okay. What do you think about the notice of a cease and desist? Uh, cease and desist? Well, that's a legal term. And if you put oh, an okay. order in for a cease and desist, they're going to show up and they're going to pepper spray your face with a little bit of cease, and then they're going to take out the nightstick and beat you a little bit with the desist. So they're going to say, here's a little cease, here's a little desist, would you like some more? Oh, okay. 
That doesn't mean that I'm going to ask the trustee that if you don't have a valid claim, uh, let's uh, don't don't use don't listen listen hold on hold on don't use cease and desist okay? okay cease and desist is like giving them an invitation to come over and beat the crap out of you. Oh, okay. Okay. They're okay. going to come over and say, you ordered some cease and desist. We're here to supply you with some cease and desist. And he's going to, put the, he's going to pull the pepper spray out of his, out of his pocket and, and hit you with it. And he's going to say, there's some cease. And he's going to pull out his nightstick and walk you behind the legs so you fold over. And he's going to say, here's, you know, there's the desist. So here's, you know, would you like some more cease and desist? Okay. You don't want to play their game. Don't use their words. Don't use their okay. stuff. It's off limits. Okay. Don't touch it. It's dangerous. Okay. It's, you know, it, 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 it runs on 440 volts with lots of amperage. And if you touch it, you're going to get zapped and it's going to hurt. Okay. And how about if I ask for a bond and the oath of office and this kind of thing? Why? I don't need it. Why? Why do you need it? Okay. I'm a woman. That's my property. Give it back. Okay. Are you, the first person who opens his mouth, okay, oh, you must be the guy claiming that that's your property. Why don't you take the stand and tell me how that's your property? Okay, you take the stand and under oath or affirmation before God and man, you tell me how that's your property. You verify that in open court right now. Or shut the hell up and get away from me, because I'm going home. But you got to, you know, right now you're 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 waist deep in the muck, and you've got to correct. You know, the, the way you correct things is you have to start writing letters. You have to let the court know that they made an inadvertent error, that they treated you as a person, that you require whoever's making a claim to come forward, that you require the judgment to be vacated, okay? You know, you, you, you know, don't use vacated, but, you know, I require you to make this judgment, you know, null and void or, or you know, and, and research the words. I haven't researched those words yet. Vacate and null and void. I mean, you know, if you're speaking those words as a man, then obviously you're using English. But if you use those words and you're not clear on, on, your, you know, on your definition, uh, you might want to add, you know, C Exhibit A, and you include the definitions of the words that they might misrepresent or misuse or misinterpret, okay? So you you got to be careful how you do this, but, uh, you know, you, you, you got to correct the record because right now there's a lot of paper against you. But if you went back right now, somebody would, would, would arrest you and hold you, uh, you know, and... and uh, they would hold you, you'd have to make bail, and they would charge you with trespass. But when you get into that court, there's no man that's going to come forward and say you trespass because no man is able to claim the property. That's your property, and if no man come forward to make a claim to my property, then guess what? It's quiet. It's a quiet title, or whatever you guys want to call it. But, you know, it's my property. It's mine, period. I'm home. I'm going home. Unless somebody comes forward, and, and, you know, whatever. But they can't charge you with trespass without having some man on the other side to verify the claim. Somebody has to say, that's my property, and I told them not to come back. And the trustee does that. 
trustee say that, okay, the property based on partial the tru- assessment. The trustee cannot verify the claim. It's not yeah, his property. That, yeah, he said that the property vested to my name based on partial judgment. That this is the order, the, the house property. He, he said the property what? Vested to his name based on partial judgment they gave to my husband. They took the property. Okay, but you said the trustee said that. What did he say? He has an order. He has an order. No, no, he doesn't. You're misunderstanding. You need to talk to Aquila, okay? You you need to learn the real basics, okay? A plaintiff is somebody who's making a complaint in court, somebody who's complaining, okay? You've got a green, you know, we, we all have John Deere lawnmowers, and yours is red. Obviously, it's not a John Deere. And we have standards in our neighborhood, and you're causing our property values to go down because you don't have a, a John Deere lawnmower, and so they're complaining against you. So that's all that's going on. You're in court, in bankruptcy court, and somebody is complaining. Okay, you're in court regarding the trespass, and somebody is complaining. But nobody has a claim. Nobody has, nobody's going to take the stand and say, I require Shay to get a John Deere lawnmower because I have the right to live in a neighborhood where everybody has John Deere lawnmowers. Because no, nobody's going to make that claim. And nobody's going to make the claim that you are trespassing on their property. It's not going to happen. Because it's they're going to complain about it. They're going to complain about it and complain about it and complain about it. And you need to stand as a woman in court and say, look, I don't know what's going on. Okay, my recording um, of, of me doing this is, is on YouTube. You know, and, and this is all. I don't know. I don't know anymore. Oh, I think I just lost my headset. Can you guys still hear me? Yes. 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 Oh, all right. I'm going to be working with her. She just wanted to verify whether I guess uh, the telehigh is true, and she just wanted to, I guess hear it from someone else, and so it's clear. Yeah, yeah. That's you, you got to listen to the archives, okay? This stuff yeah, does not come easy to everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I keep listening. Yeah, yeah I'm going to listen to know. yours, too. I'm going to let her hear yours, too, and that way that'll help a little bit. Oh, no, listen, I, I, you know, I do a two-hour show. We're hitting, We're going to hit three hours in eight minutes. Okay, I'm going to hang up soon. Yeah. And I'm going to be working with Shay. She's probably going to come see me tomorrow, and we'll deal with this. Yeah, you guys, you guys go ahead, have a great night, and uh, you know, give somebody else a chance to be heard. Uh, yeah. And, and hopefully everybody's tired. And <laughs> you're welcome. You guys have a good night. Nice talking to you, Shay. Come back, come back next, next Wednesday. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're very welcome. Uh, floor's open. There's, there's, uh, there's a bunch of you guys on here. I haven't even watched the board tonight to see if anybody's being nasty or if there's any good questions. So if somebody's got something, just speak up. Yeah, Gaspar saying, God bless you, Gus, for your patience with these fools you're dealing with, multiple explanations for simple speech. Yeah, they're nice people. I was was the same way. You know, I was was lost and confused, and, you know, it just takes time. You know, we've been programmed by society – by Bam. TV, by Perry Mason. I mean, it just takes time to get to grow through it. That's all. It's all convolute. Like but, so, so, 
disruptive, like it's so like uh, deceiving. That's what you just said. Yeah, it's really, really difficult to get back to the basics and to stick to the basics and to not be uh, amused or bemused by by the clatter, you know, by the by the noise. Hey guys. Hey, how you doing? Good. He just said fools, and then you called them nice people. <laughs> That's a good one. I didn't know who was going to catch that. <laughs> oh, I was busting a gut here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's basically the same thing. But um, you know, they're not they're not in, intentionally uh, giving anybody. You know, they, they just don't get it yet. And, and that's fine. I, you know, I, I've been at this stuff since 2002. You know, it, it's taken me this long to get it. I can't expect somebody who's never had a legal problem in their life to handle things lawfully and, and, and get to the point, you know, in, in 10 minutes. I mean, Carl, Carl's talking to me. I, I mean, I can't believe the amount of patience the man has to continue to talk to me. It's amazing. But, you know, it's taken me a year and a half of constant communication with Carl just to get to where I'm at. I can't imagine if all I had was the recordings. Uh, I'd, I'd be so screwed. It wouldn't be funny because it's hard. It's hard to listen to those recordings. If you think you're going to get the technical information you're looking for, you know, you, you, somebody has to come out and, and just let you know, you're listening to those recordings to understand uh, the ideas, you know, the concepts, the precepts, the 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 attitude, you know, not the technical details. All right, so the floor is open. Who else? Anybody else before we wrap this up? Am I still on? Can you guys hear me? Well, did my phone die? You hear me? Okay. All right, well, if you guys are all set, I keep saying you, yes. When you answer and you the judge and you, yes, I am. I'm just I'm going to read the board for a minute because I know a lot of you guys aren't even on the on the phone. You're just on the computer listening. Um, did I miss, I mean, is there, some of you guys have been reading the board all night. Did I, uh, is there something that somebody had a question on that you think I should cover? Just let me know. Gus, I've got a silly question. What's that? Uh, you know what? Uh, this is Levi from Southern California. I'm dealing with the, that that traffic ticket. Uh, oh, I'm great, man. Thanks, thanks for uh, thanks for everything you do, man. Yeah. Uh, I just had a silly question. Uh, my letters that I've written to the man acting as cop in in, a, in the attempt to settle the matter. Uh, do I file those in as evidence uh, before I get to court next week? Uh, did you write a letter to uh, Frank or Bob and say, are you, act, you know, regarding this particular matter that happened on uh, August 12th, did you, were you acting in your capacity as a man, as a peace officer, as a policy enforcement agent, or as a cop? Did you write that letter? I didn't, I didn't write that one. <laughs> okay, so, so you can't say to me that he was acting as a cop because you have no idea. Okay, so then I don't know. Well, well he didn't. Re- you know, yeah, 
No, no, I, I, I'm just busting your balls. But you gotta, you gotta start with the basic stuff. You know, you gotta start with those letters right at the beginning. You know, who are you to me? You know, are you my niece? Are you my cousin? Are you my nephew? Are you my uncle? Are you my grandfather? Are you, are you the, the family godfather? Who are you? You know, I need to know who I'm talking to so I can properly address you. I, I don't know who you are. You know, I don't know if I have an obligation or a duty to this particular family. Am I a citizen of the Smith family? You know, do I have that obligation? I don't know. I don't know who you are. So you got to get that stuff aired out immediately so that you know who you're dealing with so that you know how to properly deal with them. Yeah, I think I I remember. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, what if you do have an obligation and you just didn't know it because nobody told you the nature of the relationship that you have in that family? Yeah. Okay. So so what do you got going on? You You got a speeding ticket, stop sign... No, unlicensed driver. I, I didn't present a license at the time of stop. I, I called you last week. We talked a little bit last week. Okay. So uh, you're anyway. unlicensed. So you're like an undocumented alien or something. You're 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 you're, you're traveling through California with, with no documentation. No, I, I mean I I do have a license uh, in another state, but I I didn't present you know any license to the guy at the time. I you know I. I said, you know, okay. order it. If you and want, if you want you the a... license, just order it from, from me, and he didn't want to do yeah. that. Okay. So, anyway, so, I, I just, yeah. Well, you can follow up. I mean, uh, you know, um, one of the things you could have done is written to, to Frank, Bob, Jimmy, whatever the guy's name is, and, and asked him. You know, or, or the prosecutor, the, you, know, who, you know, the woman or the man who's acting as prosecutor, you can go to the uh, prosecutor's office and ask who is the man or woman in charge of this office and then have a conversation with them and say, you know, what law do you believe exists which requires me to have these particular papers? And he's going to say, well, it's, you know, it's right on the ticket. It, it's statute 20, you know, 26305. And, and, and you can and you can say, well, where can you show me? Can you you know can you print that out and highlight the section where that somehow applies to a man? You know, there, you know those are the, I mean, there's so much stuff you can do. Right. It it doesn't have to be all about the travel and I have a right to travel and all this technical stuff. You know, just stick to the real basis. I, I'm a man. I, I don't know who you are and why you think you can require me to have a pumpkin on the back seat whenever I put my car in reverse. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, you know, who who the hell are you? Oh, you're my <laughs> grandfather. You're my grandfather and, and, and we have a contract, you know, a family thing. It's a family thing that we always cut the ham off uh, when we cook ham. We cut the two ends. And uh, why is that? Well, that's just the way we do it, you know. So I checked with Grandma. She told me the truth. She says because the pan's too small. That's why we cut the ham in half. <laughs> we cut the ends off. <laughs> yeah. So you know, there's family traditions, and those family traditions turn into uh, customs of the family, which are in turn evolve, you know, into the common law that is used. You know, the the common beliefs, and. You know, you're a man, and you have a common belief. You, you know, that you grew up with, and your belief was that uh, you can go from where you were to where you wish to be without paperwork. 
And if you believe differently, please point to me uh, specifically where uh, that applies to, to I, a man. Right. I don't see my name there. I mean, it doesn't say it applies to Levi. It says right. any person that travels upon, any person that drives a motor vehicle on the ways of the state. Well, you know, there's like 18 statutory words there. How the heck am I supposed to understand that? Uh, I don't see where it says when the man Levi goes from Cumberland Farms over to Walmart that he has to have this particular paperwork and it has to be like this and like that. It, do- it doesn't say that. So I-, I think you're making a mistake. Right. And if right. you continue to do it, it's going to be an error because then it's going to become systemic. Okay, yeah, mistake. Uh, yeah, okay. I, yeah, I get the difference between mistake and error. Yeah. Okay. Great. Uh, all right. Well, I mean, let's just say that my letters that I had written to him and he didn't respond, basically my attempt to, and, and then now I, I presume that the, that the matter has been settled. However, the case is still moving forward and I have a hearing why, scheduled. Why would you it's, presume the matter, say that again, you presume the matter has been settled? Right, because uh, I mean, he didn't present me a bill, and, uh, well, and uh, he didn't there, respond to any of my letters. Okay, he, he it, you know, I debate often uh, if I should be dealing with the peacekeeper or the policy enforcer or the prosecutor. Okay, you know, do I want to be a person dealing with another person? Or do I want to be a man dealing with the man? And you know, and, and when you think about all that stuff, um, I've come to the conclusion where I don't have time for all that. Seriously, Captain Gangaroo is going to be on. I'm not wasting my time thinking about all that. I just want to know who's moving the clint. Is there a controversy? I'm a man, and I require to know that the name and address, the proper name and address, of the man or woman that is placing a claim against me. I, I wish to settle this privately. You know, send me that information so I can just move on with my life. You, know, you, you don't need to send me another invitation to court. I'm not interested. You know, so you, everybody handles things differently. But uh, I'm at that point where I, all I care about is that there's another man. Uh, I don't care about anything else. And if you're not making a claim, then you've made a mistake. You're, you're applying... Uh, you know, you're applying a statute that only applies to short, uh, short, you know, fat um, Samoan wrestlers, you know, and I'm a, I'm a tall Chinese guy. That thing doesn't apply to me, you know, that statute. If it does, show it, show me. You know, maybe I'm maybe I misunderstand. Show me, you know, show me the law that says that this applies to I, a man. If if but you got to make sure. At all times, you correct any presumption that you're anything but a man. Okay, when you put your notices into the court, I I come before court as a man to settle a matter. I'm not in court. I'm at court. I'm before the court. Okay, to be in court means you're in their jurisdiction. You're in their game. Okay, I am before the court. I stand before you. I'm not in you. I'm not with you. I'm before you, and I'm here to answer for myself because I'm a man and I have a right to answer for myself when somebody makes a claim. So 
take the stand, speak your mind, or forever hold your peace. Okay. And then, uh, uh, I mean, if the cop gets up and starts mouthing off and saying all this shit, I'm just going to not acknowledge that, right? I have no question. Well, really what, what, what's he going to say? He's going to say, he's going to say, Levi uh, did this and this and this and that, and you know, you, you've put, you know, you've put a notice into the court that says I'm an idiot in legalese and in the customs yep. of the legal society. I have no idea what's going on here, nor do I believe there's a law that exists that requires me to know what's going on here. Uh, Who that's says I do wrong? Yeah, who says I do wrong? You put another notice in. You put another notice in that says, "I, a man, appear, uh, or, or I, a man, am before court to settle any matter. Let the man who makes a claim against me come forward, or I require the name." You, know, you put in. You put in a notice that has one or two sentences. And then you do another one and another one and another one and another one. And and you stick to the basics and you give them notice that you, you know, I, a man, give notice to uh, this court or to, to uh, you know, to the court or whatever regarding this hieroglyphic, you know, this case number, this hieroglyphic, I don't know what that is, that's your stuff, okay? So, so I, I, I copied and pasted this hieroglyphic because I don't know what that really means, and it's in quotes. So, you know, in regards to that thing that you sent me, um, I require a court of record. That's my whole notice. You know, in regards to that, I require a court of record. That's it. Gus, I don't sign my full name. I don't sign my first name. I don't sign my last name. I put Gus because... Right. That's it. That, that's my public name, Gus. If you don't like it, then explain to me the nature of the relationship that we have, and then I'll let you call me Uncle Gus. <laughs> I don't know. You know, everybody. I'm Gus. That's it. That's all you need to know. So I, I, I noticed. You, I noticed in the recording that you, in your case, uh, I mean, when the judge asked you, the man acting as judge asked you if you had any questions for the the cop up there you really didn't have anything to ask him other than are you the man making the claim against me are you saying that i no i i did not ask the cop anything i did not ask oh. the police officer i did not no, ask, ask jerry man, right? jerry i didn't ask the man anything oh. i didn't ask you know jerry mcguire anything i didn't ask anybody anything you know i, I didn't ask the guy on the stand any questions because I didn't know who the man was that was accusing me yet. Oh, I so, see. So what I did is I asked William, the man acting as, as judge, as the hearings officer, if that was the man making a claim against me. I and see. he said, I'm sorry, but I can't give you legal advice. Uh, but Which I never you? had any yeah. questions for the man on the stand. Okay, right. Otherwise, you'd be sort of giving that situation life, wouldn't you? Absolutely. I see. Who's the man that makes a claim against me? Because I, all I hear is a bunch of complaining right now. Right. <laughs> all right, well, thanks for clearing that up. Uh, I, I guess I, I'm, yeah, I'll just 
put in the evidence, whatever, you know, I'm just trying to stay in honor with my fellow man, and here's the letters that I had written to him. He didn't respond. Here's the proof of, you know, the certification of mailing. And I put that into evidence in the morning and see how it goes. The certificate of mailing for what? Cert- yeah, just the certified certified pinks, you know, or the green little slip certified, you know, that Why? it got to him. Why? Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't know. I guess as uh, just a little proof, uh, I suppose. Okay, I'm a man, and I said I sent you a purple envelope. Are you denying it? Take the stand. I'm willing to testify that I sent it. Does any man say that I, that that I'm lying? Let that man take the stand and verify that uh, you know verify his belief. I believe I sent you a purple envelope and that it had these documents in it, and I'm willing to verify my beliefs in open court. Right. Is there anybody okay. that says that that's not true? Okay. Now, one time I asked. One time I asked Carl. I said. Uh, I said. Now, when I when I write to the IRS, you know, do I put my my zip code in brackets? He says, Why? <laughs> he says, Why? I said, Well, you know, because that takes it off the paper. He says. He says, If you, it, you know, if if you, you think somebody's going to come to court and say uh, you use the zip code, so we've got jurisdiction. I said, I don't know. That's what I've heard. He says, he says, if that ever happens, you say, no, I was just giving you the winning lottery number. <laughs> Who, who's going to say that that's not what you were doing? Uh, I gave you the winning lottery numbers. To which lottery? I, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't put zip codes on my stuff either. I, I play that whole, I went through the whole non-domestic, without U.S., that whole route. I, you know what? I don't do any of that stuff anymore. Nothing. I... I, I put I, I just sign my name Gus. That's who I am. And if you have anything to send me, send it to this guy, okay? Just Lane Breton at this address. And, and and that guy will make sure I get it. So you put care of just Sleppy Breton? I, I I I put my my you know, my uh the, the name created for me by the corporation, you know, that whole, you know, birth certificate thing, you know. <laughs> I, I I put I, I put a name on there, a name that they recognize, and I you know this this is the this is my address. My address is Jislaine Breton at this this road. That's my address. I, I'm not saying that's my name. I'm saying that's my address. My address includes that name. I see. I'm not saying that's me. I'm saying that's my address. That's that's the place that I get stuff. That's where I get mail from. I go there and I get mail. And that's how I recognize that it's for me is when it has that information on it. Uh, interesting, interesting thought. Well, that's what I believe. If you believe differently, take the stand and testify. Otherwise, shut up and forever hold your peace. I, like I don't have the that. answer to you. You, you. You're not my grandfather. Okay? My grandfather paid the price. Okay? When he spoke, I shut the fuck up and I listened to what he had to tell me. You're not him. He paid the price. You know, he made sure that my dad had food every day. Okay? What, what did you do for my family? Nothing. I don't even know you. 
I don't owe you nothing. No obligation. If I do, if I owe you something, make a claim. Don't just stand there and complain about stuff. I mean, your your wife's been complaining you haven't mowed the lawn in three weeks. You know, do, are you going to jump to it now because she's complaining again? No, the grass is dead. It's brown. Okay, it's dead. I'm going to walk on it and it's going to crumble. I'm not going out there with a lawnmower and choking to death. You're in California, right? You guys are still having a drought? Uh, yeah, that's what they call it. You know, the rivers are still running out here, as far as I know. Yeah. Well, no, we but had you're more, not allowed to have... We had more no rain dry, than you know? we ever... We, well, in two, was it 2007, we had more rain than, than ever recorded? Yeah. So, I mean, it's sort of ironic that they say we're in a drought when, you know, rivers are still running. Yeah, well, you get the aquifers over there and... Yeah, who knows what's really going on? Um, what else you got, Levi? We're, we're three hours and fifteen minutes here. Oh no, that's it, man. I don't want to waste your time, dude. Well, you're not wasting my time. If you've got a good question, I want to hear it. Well, no, that was it. It was just a silly question. Uh, do I enter my 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 private letters into evidence? Uh, you, you, did you give notice to another man? Have you put notices into the court? Yes. Yeah, we and spoke about that notices? last week. Uh, there's uh, six of them. Notice oh, idiot. I remember you. Yeah. I remember now. Okay. So you put a yeah. notice for that you're an idiot. You put, yeah, okay. Status, yeah, I'm a man. And, uh, and when are you going to court? Uh, next Tuesday. All right. Uh, next Tuesday, today is what, Wednesday? I would put a letter in to the court requiring to know the name of the man or woman that makes a claim against you because you believe there is no controversy. Uh, I believe there is no controversy and no reason for me to show up in court on this day, and I require to know the name or the proper name and address of the man or woman that makes a claim against me. Kind regards, Levi. And when you get to court next week and they announce the case, you know, whoever starts talking, cut them off and say, excuse me, I don't know why I'm here. Somebody sent me an invitation, and I never got any – I've, I've sent in letters. I've put notices in. I'm a man. I require the man who's making a claim to make himself known to me, and I still have no idea who the hell that is. So before we get started, I, I require to know who that man is, and then I require 90 days to get ready to be properly heard, to be fully heard. I don't know who is bringing me here. Somebody's inviting me to the party, and I have no idea who that is. Can, can I get some information, and then can we reconvene? Because I don't believe that this is going to cause any man harm to put this off for 90 days. Because you know, I'm the only one here. So obviously, no, there's no man that's gonna that's gonna you know have a problem if we reconvene in 90 days. So why don't you tell me who that is, and, and we'll get back together. And meanwhile, uh, you know, I'm gonna try to save the court's time and money uh, by handling this privately and remaining in honor because I wish to act with clean hands and good faith. Well said. No, well, it's, it's it's all I say. <laughs> Well, There's great. nothing else, you know. 
There's nothing else. When you're when you're laying on a concrete bunk with your with your head on a roll of toilet paper, uh, and oh, you know you're going to see huh? the judge in four hours. Yeah, well, you 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 start cutting away all the stuff that you know. If I say this, is this going to matter? No. Great. Forget about that permanently. Don't ever think about it again. What's the next idea? Okay, that's also a bad idea. Screw that. What's the next idea? And you just keep going through your head until you boil it down to the one thing, which is who says I do wrong? Right. So in this letter, sorry, in this letter, uh, I I mean, you said uh, address it to the court. Well, you you want to write to the clerk. Clerk. Okay, or write write to the clerk because the prosecutor. Or, or the man or woman acting as prosecutor or the solicitor or man or woman acting as solicitor, okay, whoever these entities are, they're acting on behalf of supposedly a man, okay? And the reason they're doing that is because they have a duty, an obligation created by the legislature to secure the rights and, and protect the property of man. That's the purpose of government. So you want to know who is the man on whose behalf you are acting. What's the, what's the proper name and address of the man or woman that is bringing a claim against me that I may settle this you know, uh, without, without wasting the court's time? That's all I want to know. I just want to know who's the man, who's the woman. That's all. Okay. I've been asking you for three months, and ever since you sent me this paperwork, so I would go to court and say, yeah, I'm not ready to proceed. I don't even know who's coming against me yet. I've been asking for, you know, 60 days. Nobody's, you know, I'm not here for an ambush. I want an answer. Right. Well, we're, if, if he says we're going to proceed, so, sir, I'm talking to you man to man. I Do I or do I not have a right to know the name of the man or woman that is bringing a claim against me? And he's going to come up with some bullshit thing about legal advice and whatever, and and, and repeat yourself. Okay, I I I have one thing I want to know. Do I have the right to know the name of the man or woman, dog, who's coming against me, who's bringing a claim? Well, sir, this is a statutory case in the state, and blah 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 blah. Am I okay? Do you see a man standing before you? And what are you going to say? No, you're a woman? No, you're a person? What are you going to say? Uh, sir, can you please sit down? And, no, I can't sit down. I want to know. Well, sir, if you continue this behavior, I'm going to have to hold you in contempt. Do you, do you realize you're talking to a man and that I have a right to face my accuser? Or are you treating me as a person? You know, just don't let him get away with it. Yeah, I, I feel you. Boy, it's a, it's a hot seat to be in. It is a hot seat. Some guy walks up and grabs your wife by the ass, and you, and you say, listen, I'm going to give you two seconds to tell me why I shouldn't take your teeth out of your fucking head. <laughs> and, and, and what's she going to say? Well, we dated in high school, and, and I just wanted to say hi. Wrong answer. <laughs> oh, boy. There is no right answer. Okay, and there's no right answer for the judge or the man acting as judge or the solicitor or the prosecutor or the man acting as prosecutor. I'm a man. Who the fuck are you? And why am I standing in this fucking room? 
There's nothing else. There, there is nothing else. The fucking government exists to secure rights and protect property, period. There is no other legitimate purpose to their existence. I hear that. Okay. Hallelujah. Well, thank you very much. You're very welcome. <laughs> All right, I'll let you guys know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right, man. Go forth, well, go forth, multiply, and have dominion over the earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, well, I'll, I'll do that. All right. But, take care, Levi. Thanks again, guys. Appreciate it, man. Talk to you soon. You're welcome. You're welcome. You have a good night. All right. See you, bud. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Anybody else? Hey, hey, good. All right, man. Good, good. Yeah, I got one, one thing. It's, not, it's, it's it's a hypothetical type deal for me. It's nothing really going on. Just um, go ahead. They, I'll give they, you a they, hypothetical they, answer. All right. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> case being moved against you by a man, of course. Behind that case, you find yourself, you know, what kind of back in the scenarios what you were just discussing, and then you know he's like, well, yeah, tell it to the jury, you know, whatever. So you're in the trial by jury. Just Somehow you got there. The, I guess. What do you like? Uh, let me let me try to think of what I want to say after that part. <laughs> um, when you're in there, it, I guess it's your duty or your job to to tell the jury, hey, this, what all you guys are saying, you y- y'all been saying the past years, you know, explain it to the jury now. I guess you have to explain that to the jury, and that's basically you let the, like you put all your chips in. Is that right? You put all your poker chips in and. If I go to trial, I'm showing up with a checkbook, and I'm going to say, hey, there's no reason for this. I'm ready to settle right here, right now. I've got my checkbook. Who says I do wrong? What do you say? You're saying I do wrong. There's got to be somebody here who's making a claim. The government exists to secure the rights of man. So who's the man? That, you know, that you're that you're here for. Put that man forward. Let him take the stand and testify. Let's get the case going. The jury's here. They're seated. They're all sworn in. They're here to they're here to do whatever. So, put the man on the stand. Let him make his claim. And if I believe him, I'm going to write a check. What's the problem? So we hope the jury uh, understands that concept too. Oh, no, I don't need the jury. The jury can sit here and listen. So can I. I've been waiting six months for this guy to show up. Let's go. Let's get this thing going. Gotcha. Put the man on the stand. I've got my checkbook. It's open. I'm waiting for a dollar amount. Tell me what you want. I'll make it right. Just just let me know who the hell you are and what I did wrong to you, okay? Do I have your cow in my pasture? Is that the problem? And what the fuck is the problem? Why am I here? Who's the man making a claim? I see a bunch of paper. It's written in Chinese. It's written in legalese. It's written in Cantonese. I don't know. Okay? I go to court in China. All right? Blah, 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 blah. I, I don't understand anything they're saying. And and my interpreter says to me, uh, this is what they said. This is what they do. And the judge wants to know if you're ready to get started. W- what am I going to say? I'm going to say, well, tell the judge, tell the man, 
that man to man, I'm talking to him, and that I require to know the name of them. I'm gonna, I mean, I'm going to say the same thing through an interpreter. I don't give a shit. It's not going to be any different, but I'm not going to talk their language. I'm going to speak English to whoever it is because English is my common language. English and my beliefs are my common law, and I carry them everywhere I go, period. Roger that. So if you find yourself before a jury, say, Your Honor, I'd like to address the jury before we get started. Okay, and so, Your Honor, man-to-man, you know, because I keep forgetting to say that. Your Honor, man-to-man, okay, I'd like to have a little chat with you about what's going on here. But before we do that, I'd like to address the jury. I, I require to, to address the jury, you know, because you have your opening statement. And your opening statement is, I've got my checkbook open. I'm ready to pay the bill. Where's the man? <laughs> There has to be somebody with an actual loss, okay, an accrual of loss somewhere that they can document and say, this is what happened, this is how, this is how it, it came about that, that, that Gus owes me money or, you know, what, whatever it is, okay. He, he caused my dog mental stress. I took him to the veterinarian. And and uh, he took, you know, he sent the dog to the veterinary psychologist, and the psychologist said that the dog told him that it was Gus that caused him mental stress, and he hasn't been the same watchdog since. And so I require $2,300 for compensation, and I'm going to stand in court. I mean, the guy's going to present this whole case, and then I'm going to say, okay, do you have an impartial witness? You know, is there somebody else who heard the dog say this? Thank you. Guys still hear me? Yeah. Okay. No, no, you keep going. <laughs> you're, you're sure. No. <laughs> My voice is starting to go. It's, it, we're, we're three and a half hours in here. So uh, again, yeah, I, I'm going to be. I'm moving to Minnesota. I'm going to do the show next week. I plan on it anyway, God willing. And then uh, I'm going to move on and get settled in over there, come back to New Hampshire. I'll be going back and forth quite a bit in, in October. So, uh, you know, I'm going to schedule the show, and either way, I'm going to show up and say hi, and, you know, if things work out, I'll, I'll do one. If not, um, you know, I'll just schedule one for the following week, and we'll just catch up when we can. You guys all set for tonight? Common parlance, yes, Susie Q, that's correct. Probably you need a verification of claim. God bless you too. What is your form of English? Yes, common parlance. Um, there you go. So it's all recorded. Go ahead and download. Uh, one of the things I did do, I had locked up the uh, all the, um, I had locked up the the archives, 
and I went back and checked out the different ones because I don't want you guys learning from me. I want you listening to Carl. And so I locked up all my stuff, but I went and unlocked uh, a few of them. Uh, one of them is a friend of mine, John, went to court or on a foreclosure issue and got his ass handed to him. So um, when you see John goes to court, there's there's two of those, and then John goes to court again. Uh, you you can listen to those and and hear what it's like being in court. I I put up my uh, court thing from May that's in there, you know, and I made all sorts of mistakes, but you know I'm moving ahead and you know I'm I'm just trying to help you guys out. So you know, but but a lot of the archive stuff that was locked up and I, that I had taken off is back up. You know, I unlocked uh, seven or eight different shows. So if you guys want those, um, you know, get them while they're available. I don't believe I'm going to lock them back up. Uh, somebody's asking how John is doing. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm presuming you're talking about John Fall. And uh, John's dad sent me an email a couple of days ago, and I believe he was in uh, Pennsylvania. And he's on his way to uh, the federal prison in North Carolina. And the, the story behind that, for those of you uh, who don't know, is uh, Carl was helping John, and John just wouldn't stop talking. You know, he just couldn't stick to the basics. And it's really unfortunate. But you know, John's a really intelligent guy. He knows too much for his own good, and he just he. he and, and, and he still says this. John still says, you know, he wants to set case precedent. He wants to, you know, show everybody how to how to do it and, and show everybody how to uh, – I'm not interested in setting case precedent. I'm not looking to change the legal society. I don't give a shit. You know, and, and John just wanted so bad to set case precedent, and so he couldn't keep things simple, and now he's paying the price for it. So – uh, you know, he's he's looking at I think two and a half to three and a half years before he's able to to walk away from that from that mess, which ain't too bad. But he's got a heart condition, so um, hopefully he'll be okay and we'll be able to talk again soon. But uh, his dad's a pretty cool guy, and, uh, and and I guess John's doing okay. Yeah, complexity is painful. Yes, it is. So you guys have a good night. I'm gonna I'm gonna kill this thing, and we'll talk to you next Wednesday night. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.